This is an emergency broadcast from Radio Free Istvan. All Imperial forces, stay away from Istvan 5. The fort flooding in of a massacre on the Black Sands. Horus has revealed his hand and gathered yet more traitorous Primarchs to his side. Ferris Manus is dead. Vulcan and Korax are missing. Stay safe, brothers, and stay away from the Istvan system. The Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio Freest Van listeners, and welcome to episode 68 of the Radio Freest Van podcast, a Horus Heresy 30K podcast. My name's Michael. I've got my co-host, Derek, here. Go and say what's going on, Derek. Hey, everybody. Go and say what's going on, Scott. Snails. Snails. They're <laughs> fucking everywhere. <laughs> and Ryan himself. Go and say what's going on, Ryan. I got the salt for your snails. <laughs> Invested Ooh. snails. Snails of the future! <laughs> So for those of you that don't know, we're talking about the new Games Workshop Snail, and it's come up quite a bit in the past conversation we've been having, so uh, it might come up more. If you haven't seen it, go look at it, because it's... <laughs> look at I it! Mean, <laughs> look at it! <laughs> like, it's, uh, it's a piece of art. Like It's like a piece what of... What I'm saying is, if you stare into the abyss long enough, the abyss starts to stare back. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, we've got a pretty nice show for you guys lined up. So first off, we're going to go through our normal intro hobby progress. We're going to do a roundtable, see how everybody's doing in both their life and their hobby. Uh, then we got some voicemails we need to go over. Then Ryan and Scott are finally going to get to go over this Orc versus Iron Hands breakdown game that they had, which was fucking great. And you can already see the pictures. They're posted up online. Uh it looks like both of them tried their hand at some photography. came out pretty good. There's some beautiful pictures on there. So go check that out. And then uh, Ryan's got a, a Gen Con breakdown that he's going to be going over. So he's going to be giving you an idea of how Gen Con looked, how Gen Con smelled, uh, what the general atmosphere <laughs> was. Just a bunch of different things is going to go down. and give, We have some questions for him. Uh, and then... Ryan's got one list he's going to go over, and immediately following that, we have an awesome, awesome breakdown from Powerful Bjorn about the Clash of the Tetons event. So uh, me and me and Bjorn caught up this week and, and had a little breakdown of how that event went. So I guess first things first, let's start with you, Scott. How's your week been going? How's your hobby progress been taking you? Dude, I've had a really good week, man. Can't complain at all. Uh, as far as hobby school, progress right? goes, what what do I have going on? Hobby progress. So, have you watched? Everyone here has seen a thirty k, the thirty k channel, like battle reports. Yes. You know yes. I'm, I'm actually. Sub- I'm subscribed. I'm a. Uh... Something's echoing. Oh yeah, got some echo going on. Is it me? It's, it's okay. Echoing. Continue okay. on. Well, so I am, you know, they will scatter like small rocks about on their tables, like to create a little more, I don't know, ambiance or whatever. So I've started looking for rocks to do that with my table. I have a, a fat mat and some desert terrain right now just to try to get a, some of my ruins to blend into my terrain a little bit better. The trick is, is I'm trying to find small rocks that 
are small enough that they fit in and I can move around them and play with them, but not not so small that they'll get on the actual models while I'm playing with them and get stuck in people's flocking and stuff on their bases. So snooping around for that um, until, you know, I really get the the wheels under me to, to paint my own uh, Sector Imperialis forward, which is my plan. Um, other than that, man, not much. Went to Muay Thai yesterday. Got fucking kicked in the head, so it's all good. <laughs> fun, fun week. <laughs> what were you expecting to get kicked in the head, or was it just kind of out of oh, nowhere? Yeah. Cause... yeah. Well, sometimes you expect it, sometimes you don't. Either way, I don't remember much afterwards. So. <laughs> but uh, a fun fact: uh, some guys from our from our gym, September sixteenth, are fighting in Indianapolis, and some of their uh, amateur Muay Thai bouts. So looking for those guys on and trying to help get some work. Will you will you be in that group of people fighting or like? <laughs> Fuck no, not unless I <laughs> I make a terrible financial decision and I'm like I just either gotta go get elbow head and make some money for cast really fast. But I yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure the amateur Muay circuit in Indianapolis pays really well. They're all like, oh, yeah, they're man. like, here's a six pack of beers and I and that's it, and you and a five dollar sure. coupon for your meal. Yeah, Fuck yeah! Last I mean, time I just got the beer health tickets. Sanctioning on that event is probably not the most stringent, so yeah. <laughs> you're gonna not want to get hurt during that. Yeah. <laughs> do they do they like do they test for uh, steroids at that level? I feel like they won't. No, no, absolutely no. <laughs> Go to town. Why's that guy sweating and, so much? <laughs> and just prime you in some Mexican supplements and go fucking crazy. So. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, hopefully we can get you in some sort of bind where you need some, some cash for your child or something. Yeah. <laughs> man, but, uh, you School clothes or what? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's badass. Fuck yeah. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad that. Uh, I'm glad that one of us is a fighter in this group. <laughs> I don't know if I'd call me that, but I'm fucking trying, man. I get I'm my glad I sit there and dance around. I move around a little. So. <laughs> At least I know one of us can get kicked in the head and still <laughs> still come back to a podcast. That, that I can do. That I can do. <laughs> he keeps he keeps throwing his head out there like a shield. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> we get assaulted by ninjas at Adepticon. I can fucking step in front of everybody and wear them out. You you Homer can you like abilities. <laughs> You'll be the guy that's like, you guys go. I'll hold them off as long as I can. <laughs> He's unconscious. We only have 17 hours until he wakes up. Hurry up. <laughs> Love it. The problem with getting attacked by ninjas at Adepticon is, you know, you don't know if they're actual ninjas or just cosplayers. That's true. That's true. (laughs) It's like, oh, fuck, ninjas? Oh, dude, they figured it out. Games Workshop finally sent somebody after. Oh, wait, hold hold on. Those are are fucking, that's ninja for, that's Power Rangers. Those (laughs) are. Is that? He smells of Mountain Dew and has cheetah dust on his fingers. (laughs) We're good. good. Y'all play magic? I think they play magic. (laughs) You play magic, don't you? <laughs> you got to say something weird. It's like, you guys, you you got that card, the White Lotus? It's like, oh, you fucking idiot. 
<laughs> it's the black um, loading. Actually, <laughs> yep. Yeah, they're not really just 2006, <laughs> sir. <laughs> it's like, oh, got it. They're just they're cosplayers. We're safe. <laughs> oh, thank God. Oh, I thought they were real ninjas. <laughs> Scott, stand down your head. Stand down your head. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Derek, what about you, man? What do you, what do you uh, what's your life like this week? Man, I've been working my little ass off. Oh, on the pole? What? <laughs> <laughs> Got to make that money nice. somehow, man. <laughs> nah, work's just been uh, running me ragged this week, but I mean, hey. Uh, got some cool stuff I'm looking at ordering now. Uh, actually, I've been spending a lot of time looking at Shapeways, like way more time than I should be. Oh, like what in particular? Uh, I found a dude. So we talk a lot about Pop Goes the Monkey and all of his sweet, sweet shoulder pads. Yes, Mike. He's- God, just so good. Uh, I found another dude, uh, Dynath, and he puts out a fuck ton of weapons. Like, he's got all sorts of power fists, uh, power wrenches, power nail bats, power axes, power spears. Like, if you're playing Angry Marines, this dude's got the hookup. Like, he'll get you your, like, power fist with middle finger up. Like, look at that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's a straight up power (laughs) fist flicking somebody off. Yeah. But he's got. Like if you go to his weapons, he's got fuck tons of weapons. And that's Dyn it's Dynat with an H at the end, so Dynath. Like D Y N A T H. Head over that Dynath on Shapeways, check him out. If you need power weapons, like if you play Space Wolves, he's got some sick power frost axe looking weapons. Just any kind of melee weapons. They all look dope as fuck. So I'll probably be ordering some of those for the old uh, Death Sworn. Go to that power bat with the with the nail in it. (laughs) Like how does that work? It's just a bat with power nails in it. Let's see if I can find it. I like how you took the time to have actually like uh, plan that out and like, how would a power bat work? <laughs> just, just a power old, club. Uh, the old adamantium sack of power doorknobs. We're gonna go ahead and send you one of these, Scott. So when Ryan <laughs> eventually breaks your power sword off your dude, you can just give him a power nail bat. Give him a power <laughs> I'll nail be bat. right. Fuck you, power <laughs> bats. <laughs> just have that pre-painted every time I come to game day. <laughs> but yeah, man, that's what I've been up to. <clears throat> Power wrenches. Who knew? Huh. Well, that sounds like fun. Hell yeah. What's that? What's that? Is that like a hand saying stop? Halt? Yeah. Yeah, he's like, nah, man. Talk to the hand. It says rude techno fist. Talk to the hand. It's a hand like this. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he's like, uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> wow. Faced. Sassy. Sassy little Praetor. Nice. Very cool. That dude makes a lot of shit. Yeah, dude. I've just been scrolling this whole time through weapons. He's got a Makahodal. When was the last time you've seen a Makahodal? For your Aztec Marines. Yep. Dope. Anyway, go check that dude out. He's on Shapeways. Dynath. It's D-Y-N-A-T-H. Dynath. We'll post up a link on the Facebook as well for all you listeners out there who don't like to write things down immediately. So, Cool. I'm glad glad I discovered this today. <laughs> anyway, Ryan, what about you, man? What have you been up to besides getting well, Gen Con high off of people's armpits? Yep. So most of the week was Gen Con, but the first half of the week I worked on more terrain. So I finished um, a bunch of the Sarissa buildings, and then I got a couple more that I'll finish uh, tomorrow. So I'm almost done with all that. And then um, I've given up hope of getting done with that fucking uh, factory 
in time. Like, I got all the pieces laid out and started, like, planning out what I would have to build and all that. And I doubt I could even get it built before October, <laughs> let alone painted. So right. instead of doing that, I'm going to just do a lot more small stuff. Because I, I would have to sacrifice doing this other stuff anyway, and I'm afraid that I'll sacrifice making a lot of things pretty good just to make this one thing like really epic and then not get done and then not have either one. So I'd rather just focus on some smaller like scatter terrain and paint some other uh, buildings and stuff and, and make all the other tables a little bit better as a, like instead of risking it all trying to get this one thing done and just meet, meet, not meeting the deadline. Very smart, Ryan. Very smart. And I know that you're a man who knows how to plan out his life. So I know that if you're if you think it's kind of shaky, then you know for fucking sure it's not like a half-ass thing. It's like legitimately planned out, right? Yeah, I I don't like I said I laid all the pieces out, started plotting and planning in my head, looking at what I was gonna need to do, and I just don't I don't see it happening in a in a month. I just don't. So I'll probably finish the scrap fortress instead because that was something that wasn't gonna get done. So I'll use that kind of as the centerpiece terrain instead of that uh, factory. So I'll finish that and then um. I got a lot more little scatter terrain that I can paint that wouldn't have gotten painted otherwise. So it'll still be cool. And I still got, I mean, I still think all the terrain I've been doing and the quantity of it will still be, you know, really nice. People will still like it. Yeah. I think you can get away with just the terrain you own now. <laughs> it's still epic. So yeah. the fact that you're just continuing on this beautiful terrain kick with more terrain, like, I dig it. Yeah. And I finally picked up my, I got my new airbrush uh, in, and so I have, I now have every single thing on the MKA list that I need. So my list is complete. I have every single thing that I need. When nice. do you fly out? When's your flight? Uh, September 29th. Mm-hmm. So I have to build my, I got to build my Demios. It's still in the box from Forge World, that white shoe box that they come in now. Yep. So... I gotta. I'll throw that together um, probably this week. Get it built, um, just so it's ready to go. Very happy for you, man. Sounds like you're. Uh, sounds like everything's coming together. Sounds like you're uh, about ready to go. You got your ride lined out. Like everything. Uh, everything finished. Yeah. There. Um. Do, do we need to? So. <laughs> no, we're good. One of our listeners is picking us, picking me up at the airport, and I think Alistair uh, McGregor uh, from Legion of Lies, um, he's going to meet us there too and just convoy with us because he was orig- he said something about picking me up, and I'm like, well, I already got a ride, I think, and he's like, well, I got to drive by that way anyway, so I'll just meet you guys there and we'll convoy, and then we're going to head over to Cardiff, and I get there fairly early in the morning. I got my flight information on my phone. I can't remember what time. I think it's like 10 a.m., something like that. So I should have all day, um, what is that? I should have all day Friday to like hang out and do whatever. And then Saturday and Sunday's the class. And then right after the class on Sunday, I'll probably take a train into London overnight and then try to get either a cheap hotel or just sleep at the fucking airport, whatever it takes. Cause my flight leaves, my flight leaves like afternoon on, um, Monday. So. Yeah, you can't you can't be missing international flights either. So I get it. No, so it's it kind of sucks. Like I was hoping to get a flight out on Tuesday, because if I could have got a flight out on Tuesday, um, no bullshit, I was going to 
try to get a train over to Nottingham and buy an entire army um, at Warhammer World because I can get my VAT money back over the counter. Yeah. So that Canicum army that I posted up the other day, I was trying to decide whether I wanted to do Sisters of Silence or Mechanicum, but the Sisters of Silence one wouldn't be because I can get all the all the infantry's plastic, so it's really just the six transports. Yep. So I figured I while I was there, I'd take advantage and do the Mechanicum army and buy because the, the army's basically pure resin. Um, so I was going to buy like a Warhound and five or six Triaros and all the conversion kits for uh, all the. Secretary guys and all that, but I just I don't have time to make it up there. So me and Emily plan on going uh, to Europe next year. We'll probably either go to England or Sweden or maybe both. So I'll just do it next year. Nice. Well, all right. You're gonna go say like, this is I'm buying this because you're writing rules for Horse Heresy separately. Like yes. Yep. Some good old-fashioned, like, uh, positive reinforcement to Games Workshop. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. Had to replug in the Oh, you're fine. I dig it. Badass, dude. What about you, fucking Michael? Uh, so, I'm back home now. So, like, uh... Not being in New Mexico is fucking fantastic. So all this week I got to come home to my normal bed, my normal hobby desk, and put some night legs together, which is trash. Like it's probably one of the worst things that like <laughs> I'm actually putting night legs together right now as we speak. But like these toes, man, these toes don't fuck around. Like getting no. them lined up with everything. So just put night legs together. Just back home, man. I'm so happy to be back home. Like. Uh, like just to have my normal week with me. Um, we had some cool stuff we were talking about in the chat earlier this week. I, I really don't like, we'll talk about it offline, but those patches we were talking about, they're definitely going to happen. Nice. Like post Sweet. poster sounds dope too. I'm pretty excited about the poster. I'm super fucking excited about the poster. Uh, that I, I'm guessing that should like we should get like first drafts of a poster for Heresy Camp next week, and I believe it was Sam that came up with the original idea for it in the Patreon chat. But uh, we'll go ahead and have some some leaks of the first drafts for the Heresy Camp poster, and just uh, it's gonna be fucking sweet. So, but I mean, really, just putting nights together, night legs together. Uh, this weekend, I ran to San Antonio for a little bit, picked up my old Yukon. Uh, got that back. That was pretty cool. Um, other than that, man, went shooting today. Like, again, I went shooting on Friday, and I went shooting today. I'm just loving. I got a class on the 15th of September. It's a long range shooting class, so I have to make sure my gun is like super dialed in. And so, like, who's teaching it? Uh, it's Lisa Tabola is the lady's name, but it's from Arrowhead Firearms Training. It's a long range rifle course. <laughs> Like we are shooting out to a thousand yards at some point during the course. Nice. So, but uh I've got my Athlon Argos scope. It's got the first focal plane scope, full MOA, so it's like got the mill dots so I can you know, dope it in, like, you know, just I, mean, I got an app on my phone that tells me how many like 
clicks. I need to fucking go on the scopes. Like, oh, you're going to be shooting out to 1,000 yards? Uh, 440 fucking clicks. Like, get to work. <laughs> hey, like, man, that app is no joke. Like, <laughs> fucking back in, back in the olden days when I used to do that stuff, I would have to do it by hand, like long division style with a calculator and a little write in the rain <laughs> notebook and that, the apps are the way to fucking go trust me yeah, yeah I, I use this app strelock pro like it's like straight up oh distance yeah. like i have, right now i have dialed in 800 it's like you need to go 105 clicks like that's gonna raise you 26 moa like i have my rifle especially in when ammunition <laughs> costs about a dollar a shot yeah, <laughs> you no, really want to make bit. those count every bit i'm using 168 grain sierra match king so it's like some Only fucking fly. Like, <laughs> it's like 96 cents a shot or something like that like oh. fuck and i don't reload because i'm afraid to because i'm not as like uh a perfectionist like ryan so i'm afraid i'll kill myself <laughs> like, <laughs> like blow your hands off <laughs> <laughs> it's like did i did i put powder in there I think I did. Do these bu- no. do these bullets have gets do these bullets have gets hot now? I'm not <laughs> sure what's going on. Looking like Tug Speedman at the beginning of Tropic Thunder, yeah. just <laughs> flapping your stubs around, <laughs> screaming. Watch out! Those bullets will get you. Yeah. <laughs> They're loaded a little hot. Some of them might have double powder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, man, I've been, uh, I've been fucking with that gun a lot. So. Just getting dialed in, man. I'm super excited for that class, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Badass. That's all I got. Slowly, slowly putting this night army together. Slowly, but totally worth it. So, but yeah, that's it. All I have for hoppy progress. Is that everybody? Did we did the full round table? We made it. It's like the fastest round table we've had ever. Goodness. Yep. Learn about Scott getting kicked in the head and shit. That's crazy. Right. That's right. All right. So I guess we'll just move into some voicemails, huh? I'm down. Let's do it. <clears throat> All right. So here comes voicemail number one. Hey, guys. Bjorn here out Salt Lake City Studio. Paul, I uh, just wanted to give a, a quick rundown of the Clash of the Tetons, what, second summer, third overall event here in uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming over this weekend. It's an absolute blast. I think we had like 12 people. Um, super cool event. Was an absolute great time. Held like Griffin games out, held out that way. Um, yeah, played the, we played this last uh, week. That was really cool. Oh, did we? And, uh, I guess we recorded late last week. Well, anyway, yeah, I mean, that was... That was that was Bjorn who has a full fucking breakdown of the event. So <laughs> we've y'all are gonna get some better voicemail coming out of that one. Oh yeah, I thought it said Thursday. My bad. We'll go back. Next one. Hello, you beautiful bastards. Oh, I'm driving Jesus. to work, listening to episode sixty seven. I realize I forgot to call it last week for uh, voicemail. So I figured I'd ask Ryan and Scott and all y'all that I've got 66 Sisters of Silence and I want to buy a bunch of dildozers. So I'm curious what a good 2,500 point list would look like. Uh, I've been kind of making my own list with Judaic Roll uh, and a bunch of cheap bolter girls. Uh, I've made some prosecutors, converted them up, 
so that I can run uh, a bunch of units with the beasts. I know they're not that good, uh, but they look pretty. So uh, I was kind of curious what y'all's thoughts were on a Pure Sisters list. I know you were going to get the suite on later to talk about uh, some Sisters Highlands lists. So, uh, yeah, I just kind of learned about the 2500 list. Um, keep, keep up the good work. Keep talking about Heresy Camp because I definitely want to come to that. Uh, tonight I'm going to try another 8th edition game of 40k. I just cannot get my fucking head around this game. And all the amount of shit I'm going to have to break off my Ultramarines because they've invalidated everything I've converted for the last fucking 20 years. Uh, fucking 30 Honor Guard that are going to get all their heads chopped off and probably turn into 30k models. Uh, anyway, uh, keep up the good work, guys. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> just uh just a word of advice man uh if you haven't done the 25 millimeter transfer yet on your bases going over to 32 millimeters uh stay with 25 millimeter i saw a very rules breaking discussion online the other day where uh if you actually like read the rules then you can fight four deep in eighth edition rules <laughs> With uh, oh, Jesus. with with twenty five millimeter bases because Jesus titty fucking Christ, <laughs> I bet that was a real. <laughs> so like, so apparently twenty five millimeter bases are point nine four inches, and the rule states that like if you're within, sorry Ryan, cover your ears. If you're within one, <laughs> if you're within one inch of a model, like if you're within one inch of an enemy, you're in combat, and then everybody gets to fight that's within one inch. Of a model that's within one inch of an enemy model. I and feel so, like Ryan's thoughts are pouring into my head right now. And <laughs> but of course it is. But of course. <laughs> so this dude like has this like this graph, right? Or like it's like a little, it's like a little uh, diagram. Uh, a diagram oh, where God. it's like a base, and then it's got another base which is point nine four inches. <laughs> And then another base, which is like 0.94 inches, it's like, okay, well, technically, this second base is within one inch of the enemy, and now two bases can fit within one inch of this base. And so, like, it even says in the rules, like, oh, like, you're fighting two ranks deep. And they're like, well, I know the rules say it's like we're fighting two ranks deep, but you can actually fit four ranks into this one inch and one inch, like, great, gray area. And it's just like, son of a bitch, you motherfuckers. Like, figure it out, Games Workshop. Is it inches or is it millimeters? Like, can we get something together? Anyway. Ugh. So, but yeah, Sisters of Silence. He's I already wrote that it. list. I already wrote a list for myself uh, personally, but he can have it. Um, I didn't get super creative with it just because i like the chicks with swords i could give a fuck about all that other stuff and they don't they don't make the models for all that other stuff yet but they make sisters with swords so i just wrote a list of like a bunch of chicks with swords and the dildozers and then um two squads of the grenade launchers because i can you know convert those up pretty easy also in the transports so that i think it was four four sister four ten man squads with the swords in the uh, transport, two 10-man squads of the grenade launchers in the transports, um, the generic HQ with, like, a Paragon Blade and, you know, whatever else. And then uh, I just took a, for Lord of War, took a uh, three Avengers in a suborbital strike wing for anti-tank because they're kind of shy on anti-tank. And that's pretty much the army. Um, but 
that said, I mean, if you want to run different stuff than that, I mean, it's all roughly the squads of the sisters are roughly all about the same points, you know, give or take a few. So you could, you know, instead of doing sword, because the swords are the most expensive out of the sword, bolter, and bolt pistol. So you could directly swap for the other ones and definitely have the points to do that. And you could probably change one of the sword squads into the beast pack squads and still put them in a transport if they fit. I don't even know if they can take one of the transports. I have to go get the rule book in there. But cyber monster squads. Yeah. But I mean, I think that's a solid list. It also depends on how, once again, how you interpret the using super heavies in Age of Darkness rules. Because if you interpret it that only Marines can take suborbital strike wings, then obviously that list isn't valid. But I think that's kind of ridiculous, personally. Right. Yeah. I'd, I would I would definitely say the way that reads, if everybody gets a suborbital. Right. But I, I like the. Uh, the strike fighter, the the Avenger strike fighter for Sisters of Silence, because in 40k that's a Sisters of Battle plane. It was originally designed to be a Sisters of Battle plane, um, and there's a lot of them modeled up and painted up like that in the game. And if you read the fluff for 40k, that's who uses them. So it kind of fits cool with you know Sisters of Silence back in the day, um, and they're obviously good in the game and they fit that anti tank role that that army needs um, pretty bad. But uh, if he wants a more detailed uh, copy of that list, he can hit me up on Facebook Messenger. It's just Ryan Kimmel and Martinsville, whatever. Um, and I'll just send it to you in a quartermaster format. Or you can, if he sends me an actual email so that I have his email address, I can send it that way if he doesn't want to use Facebook Messenger. Either way. Very cool, man. Very cool. I dig it. That's a. Uh, I'm kind of. Are those transports? Are those flyers? Or are they just skimmers? They're skimmers. Um, okay, so they can start I think on the table. They're, and... they're incredibly points efficient. Um, their armor, I think their armor, what, 12, 11, 10, maybe? And, but they have a stealth field. Because they're a fast skimmer, they jink, which makes their jink a 4-up, obviously. But then the stealth field gives them stealth, so they have a 3-up jink. And they're 3 or 4 hole points. Um, and they can... Uh, what is it? If you take the, the little cadre thing where you pick the rule, you can scout your army uh, with Sister Silence, so you can scout some of them. They have Deep Strike. Um, they have two individual missile launchers, I believe, and then a twin-linked either the the four-shot autocannon or the uh, um, twin-linked multi-melta. So it's a lot... Like, if you put the multi-melta on there, I think it's three strength eight shots, which is pretty decent when you get... You know, once you start talking like a quantity of these things, like if you fit six in an army, because they're only 125 points, trying to kill six tanks that are getting a three-up jinx save is pretty fucking hard. Yeah, for real. And they're they're assault vehicles too. And those sword sisters, you pick a you pick a unit in your enemy's army, and all your sword sisters for your whole army gets preferred enemy against that squad. So if they have like some type of Primark unit with like terminators or whatever. You pick that unit, and those swords are uh, they're only AP three, but I think on like fives or sixes the wound they become AP two, and yeah. you're talking most Terminator units and things like that end up with unwieldy weapons a lot of the time, so they're going to end up fighting first and going to be a ton of attacks, and then with preferred enemy you're rerolling ones to hit, rerolling ones to wound, um, so it can be you know, and then you're you're kind of fishing for fives or sixes anyway to make them AP two just through quantity attacks, so. It's pretty good. I think it would be pretty strong. Just go find those, uh, like, Praetor units with, like, uh, 
assault squads or something like that and just go hunting. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Unit. Yeah, and I, I think it's a it's a fl- it's a pretty fluffy list. I don't think it's like super cheesy or anything, but I, it's a strong strong army for sure. Makes more sense than custodians running around hunting people for sure. But yeah, rock and roll sounds like fun. I'll get his. Uh, so you you heard Ryan? If you want to go ahead and you can either send an email in to Ryan directly at Ryan at Warhammer30k.com, or you can hit us up on the Facebook, and Ryan yep. will Ryan will take care of you. Always does. But that was the system when I was talking earlier about going to Warhammer World and buying an army, and I was trying to decide between Mechanicum or Sister Army. I have, I, I wanted to do something that's basically not Marines. Um, I already have this militia army, but something even more different than that. So I was, I was either going to do Marines or sorry, Sisters of Silence or um, Mechanicum because I tried to. I'm wanting to do an army out of each book, um, but I, I think I'm going to end up leaning more towards the Secutarii out of Book Seven instead of Sisters. But that's what I was talking about earlier in the show when I said sisters list what was that particular list. Dig it, Ryan Kimmel original. Let's go to the next voicemail. Actually, uh, before we go to the next voicemail, oh. I do have to uh, amend something. So naturally, anytime I say something, the universe is immediately altered so that I'm just the most incorrect I could be. Dynath, actually, I can't find any power nail bats, just some uh, techno bats. So. You need to add the nails yourself. Okay. Just fair enough. Throwing it out there. <laughs> we didn't even make the full <laughs> episode. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Sorry. It's... <clears throat> damn it. All right. It's okay. God damn it. Dude. Hey, guys. It's God Kevin from Colorado. So I'm in Los Angeles yet again, driving through traffic, listening to the latest episode. Dude, Ryan, I love you like a hoe, man, but... Please go read book seven. There was so much in that uh, hardcore list that you put together that was a little off. Castellacta are a heavy support choice, not an elite, um, unless you're doing that coils of the Hydra thing. The range for leapfrogging a psychic power through them is 12 inches. Uh, you can only do warp fires, um, or whatever the hell they're called. Um, you can't oh, okay. do... Novas, you can't do beams, you can't do um, the, Blessings. the maledictions, and you can't do the whatever the hell the opposite of a malediction is. Um, so, anyway, otherwise, great review. Enjoyed it. Just thought I'd give you a holler, let you know. Uh, you might want to rethink some of the synergies you were talking about in there. Uh, and also, I'd be interested to find out what you think would be a use. The, the Corvidae um, Temple Arcana ability the reroll ones to hit when you haven't moved that turn. Uh, I've been struggling to figure out, is there really a useful build that you could, you know, if you wanted to take Armin as your general, or do you just kind of ignore that? Uh, that's it. Talk to you later. Thanks again, guys. Bye. Okay, so hang on. Let me look real quick. Let's see. Thousand Suns, Chris. So it wouldn't affect the list at all. The I the cat I only use two elite slots, and only one heavy. So you would just move the Castellax to um, heavy. The reason I messed it up is I didn't have the book with me, and you can see right here, Quartermaster has it as an elite. So I just oh, threw it yeah. in the list. 
Um, so, uh, my bad, but it doesn't, it doesn't change, like, taking them as a leader or a heavy when you have the slots, it doesn't change anything. So I guess I, uh, I must have messed up that psychic power thing. Like I said, that was just something I was kind of talking about on the fly. So he's probably right on that. But it doesn't, it doesn't change the way the, the list really works. It's what Chris wanted the robots in there one way or the other. Yeah. 10 4. What do you, what do you think about the Corviday question there? When would you ever use the reroll ones when you didn't move? Well, it depends on how you interpret it. I interpret it that if you have relentless, relentless specifically states in its rule that you count as not moving. So if you ran a bunch of things Terminators. that had. <laughs> oh, well. What? No, no, I, I get, I, I forgot. Yeah, good. Continue. So, so yeah, terminators because they're uh, relentless. You could take their combi bolters off and give them combi weapons, so they lose twin linked. But you get the, but you would basically kind of get a little bit of it back with the rerolling ones, and then also it'd work on the combi part. It would also work good on uh, jet bikes because jet bikes um, don't have twin-linked weapons, but they do have relentless, and it would also work good on attack bikes for the attack bike heavy weapons. So you could maybe do like Pride of the Legion or something with a lot of Terminators as troops and then augment that with you know, fast attack jet bikes and attack bikes if you really wanted to use it to its maximum capability. Or obviously yep. you could do... Um, your standard heavy weapons teams with like Volkite Colverans, something like that, where they're you know standing still. You could even uh, take a master of signals and increase their ballistic skill by one, which makes it where they only miss on ones, and then you're getting a reroll one, so it's essentially twin linked. Fuck yeah! <laughs> then you're so. going to town with somebody. Yeah, but sorry, sorry about the if I if I don't. Uh, hopefully, nobody ran out and bought a bunch of shit just because they thought they could cast blessings through the Castellax. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! Right? I can tell you this: yeah. if someone if someone has that kind of fuck you money to just do things like that yeah. flippantly, they're doing all right. They'll get yeah. the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of fuck you money they need. Fucking Floyd Wade Mayweather yeah, just cha- going okay. Ch- we're just just changed up his thousands on list. Get along. Get on with. <laughs> well, all right. Well, yeah that that is it for voicemail. That's gonna be all the voicemails we got this week. Uh, hey, you know what else? Fucking, what else? we forgot to talk about during our like current events rundown. Solar eclipse tomorrow, man. You're gonna go outside yeah. and stare into it with your cold dead <laughs> eyes, or Josh? I don't know what everybody's talking about. I can't see a damn thing. <laughs> there's um, yeah, dude. There's Wait, a. Who already sent you a video? Southern. What'd you say? Josh Delarosa. Yeah, you haven't seen it? it. He sent you a video of hang the on. eclipse. Yeah, it's a clip. Yeah, hang video. on. I'll send. I got it. I got it right I'll here. I'll show it to him in person. Okay. Yeah, show it to him. I'll send it to Scott. I'm a little. Are, are we gonna have a live reaction on the air? Oh, go ahead. Almighty. But yeah, there's a town in uh, southwestern Kentucky called Hopkinsville. <laughs> oh <and> fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Is that actually Josh's sack? <laughs> 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 fuck spoilers, dude! Come on. 
I'm going to tell you right now, that can't be Josh's not enough hair. <laughs> if you can tell it's a sack, it doesn't have enough hair. Josh is old. Let's face it. They, that, those fucking balls would be way closer to the camera. <laughs> 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 no, I posted on that. That's no moon. <laughs> That's no moon. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is he going to put in front of that? That's a ball sack. <laughs> That's a nut sack. <laughs> I, I should have seen that coming. So, there's a town in southwestern Kentucky where it's like the best spot to see it, I guess, in the continental United States called Hopkinsville. And the original population is 31,000 people. And right now, there's over 110,000 people from outside of town came to watch it there. So, they're getting fucking bombarded there right now. Wow. So, uh, so if y'all want to know why our podcast is going so smoothly this week, uh, it's because my microwave isn't being used. And the reason why my microwave isn't <laughs> being used is because my roommate, it, Jake, is in Missouri. He's actually, they, get, they flew him out there to film this uh this event this nice once in a he, seven year he have event. NASA certified glasses like <laughs> the legit glasses his camera does his camera his camera sure does have some neutral density filters that'll take care of them fucking shitty ass sun so I'd say don't be staring into them with some some glasses you just bought off some Mexican dude off quarter <laughs> your fucking Korea is are gonna are <laughs> gonna pay the price. He got those from the dumpster by the uh, movie theater. <laughs> Did you hear about like the uh, the like the scare? Apparently, there's some like Chinese glasses going around that are like not like they're not going to protect you. They're just going to just burn your eyes. Like you're just gonna, like it's just going to be like, looking at the sun. It's like Classic. these aren't working too well. Like, these are, <laughs> like I feel like you know. I feel like you'd just be like this isn't. <laughs> See, Maybe these are bullshit. Flesh, weird. I don't know. It's a lot of smoke coming out of my eyes. Is that normal? <laughs> like, in, like Invader Zim. Like, <laughs> like I'll use the sun to know which direction I'm going. Am, am I going through the soul binding? Is this the Emperor? Am I an astropath now? <laughs> no, no, sir. You're you're now blind. <laughs> Dude, like it's just all like you know it's all fucking uh. Uh, big ophthalmology, like <laughs> just like <laughs> putting out these fucked up glasses. Fucking big opto, man, right? Big, big opto, fucking all those, uh, all those ophthalmologists out there just fucking trying to get you to come in for glasses. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing if there's some crazy shit that happens, like lizard men or fucking like, uh, uh, what do you call it? Like Bigfoot sightings and shit like that. Like, there was a there was an article online where the Louisville Zoo, like the town I live in, has a zoo, and they posted an article. How will the animals react to to the eclipse? And it's <laughs> in layman's <laughs> terms, it's basically like they're fucking animals. They're gonna react to it the same way they do everything else. They're gonna shit, piss, sleep, eat, whatever they normally do. It's, it's not like the lion's going to fucking jump up on his hind legs and start doing log division on a fucking white <laughs> Holy shit, they're self-aware. Oh <laughs> 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 fucking, it's going to be chaos. Roombas are going to be fucking coming to life and shit. <laughs> it's like the, 
the movie with the fucking semi that comes alive with the asteroid that gets too close. Maximum <laughs> yep. overdrive. Nice. Yep. Nice. <laughs> just like that movie Pie, where the fucking computer just shits to life. Yep. Or that film Transformers. <laughs> that documentary <laughs> Transformers. So yeah, good job. I'm glad we got to talk about that. I'm glad that came up because that that's definitely uh, something that needs to happen. If you're listening to this right now while watching the eclipse, good job. You're that one subscriber that did it. Look there at you go. go. <laughs> you should be spending this time with your family, but instead you're listening to us pretending it's you're with Monday. your family. How about you go to fucking work or something? <laughs> <laughs> Do your fucking job. <laughs> oh, oh, real quick. I did want to bring this up. Mr. Hillman reminded me when I went over that thousand sons list last week and I was talking about toning it down and you uh, dropped the segment into normal terminators. Remember right. that? And then you took yes. the sorcerer guy or the praetor and dropped him down to level two mm -hmm. um, to tone it down. When you do that, it goes from being court of the crimson king to a pride of the legion list. Cause in court of the crimson king, they have to be, you have to take segment as true. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, or whatever, or and you have to. Well, you have to have a level three, whatever. I basically it doesn't. You be, it becomes pride of the legion instead, but it's the exact same army list. So like nothing changed other than that. Ten forty. So yeah, just thousand sons, man. <laughs> yeah. All these weird rules, all these book seven rules. It's a rock and roll. That's gonna be it for that. We got some some eclipse talk in, man. We got some. We got. I mean, what else? You want to talk about fucking the Dreadnought DLC from? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. If you keep listening, me and Bjorn have a great talk about the Dreadnought DLC. So, anyway, I guess we'll go on to some Orcs versus Iron Hands breakdown. How about some I'm of that? Waiting. I've been waiting for this. Yeah, I'm gonna sit back and get my popcorn. Yeah, so me and Ryan had we we talked about this in past episodes, but we sort of planned out this little uh, game we wanted to play on. You know, as sort of a celebration for him finishing up that very arduous terrain project he'd undergone, and as well as just an opportunity to get a you know a really high quality you know ultra converted army on the tabletop in his orcs. And uh, the idea was is it kind of fed the fluff, you know. Orcs were a fairly prominent thing that a lot of the Legionis Astartes battled, you know, throughout the throughout the Great Crusade leading up to the Heresy. You know, Ulanor obviously being the biggest example of that, but there were others, the Battle of Rust, things like that. So um we we kind of staged this game in twenty five hundred points and came up with our own parameters about how we were going to design it so it was the most, you know, I guess cinematic, you know, what what would display the armies the best and make it look the best and be the most fun, you know, for for us, you know, as players. So we did that. Um <clears throat> for me on the Iron Hand side, we had we set up the table. If you if you haven't checked it out now, go check it out on our Facebook page, Radio Free is Fan. Um I posted I something like twenty or thirty pictures of of my stuff, his stuff, um, actual in-game pictures, and the table itself, uh, kind of how we we uh, set everything up, and 
all that good stuff. Um, my list was like we said, points limit was twenty five hundred points. I played ahead of the Gorgon list, and I know I've gone over this in past episodes, but I'll just blow through it real fast. Um, it was a Highlander list was my idea, so every unit was going to be unique, you know, from the other or at least Highlander in that sort of vein. Um, my HQs was Spearheads and Turing Cashman North, who I put in a heavy slot of a sicker and Battle Tank with two spots and last cans and a Duster Blade. A Forge Lord and Terminator Armor with the Power Axe, Full Kite Charger, and Rag Grenades. He's in Cataphracty. Cataphracty Terminator Armor. The model I used for that was the uh, Autec Moore Iron Hands model. It's, it's just called an Iron Father on Forge World's website if you're looking for it. My troop slots were two ten man or one ten man tactical squad with an Uncio Vox Legion Vexilla and a Rhino with the Dozer Blade and one fifteen man tactical squad, Nuncio Vox Legion Vexilla on foot. So just like a big ass blob of dudes was kind of what I was going for. And even though, you know, tactical squads are, are technically the same unit, these are outfitted differently and function very differently, like tactically on the tabletop. An eight-man unit of Gorgons, seven of them have chain fists, and then the sergeant has his stock standard thunder hammer. Uh, Spartan with the flare shield and dozer blade. A battery of three quad launchers with shatter shells. A contemptor mortis dreadnought with two carries pattern assault cannons. A whirlwind scorpius. The Sikaran already went over with Casper North, and then my Lord of War was Ferris Manus. And the little treat I got in this game was to get to play Ferris in an actually, like, narratively correct fashion. Because unless you play him as... If you're playing a, a traitor army that, you know, was actually at Isfan 5, then it, then it fits, I guess, kind of. But that's pretty rare unless you sort of plan it out beforehand. Because Ferris fucking dies. I mean, it's a real thing. So yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's hard to it's hard to get around that. Like it's like any narrative event. You're like, oh, I'm playing Ferris. Yeah, yeah but are you really though? Like, <laughs> I know. It, and it's not ambiguous to the storyline. It's like it's very much dead. So uh, I actually got to play him in like a narrative fashion where he properly fits uh, fighting against the orcs. That was my list. So, uh, Were you, around. like, crying the whole time? Like, he doesn't know. He doesn't <laughs> know. know. <laughs> magnificent bastard. <laughs> so handsome. But, uh, yeah, man. It was it was fun. I, I really love that model, and I love his character. Um, I'd read the short story, Feet of Iron, back in the day. And uh, I guess just, tr- just kind of like getting in the mindset of the man. I really look forward to when they release the Primark like prequel novel that they've been doing for several others like Magnus Parabo lately. Those have all been at least the I've granted I've only read one, but it was very well written. Uh, being the one that um, it's either John French or Guy Haley wrote for Parabo's uh, backstory, so I, I definitely look forward to reading the one for Ferris when it when it comes out. Fuck yeah. So, the way I did my army, we just decided that I would just use the standard Age of Darkness uh, FOC. So, it was basically like playing a heresy army. I was just using the 7th edition orc book. Um, I just chose it from the standard orc codex with no other sources other than I took a uh, Forge World unit in Zard Snark the Ripa. Um, 
in the seventh edition orc book, they got rid of like any way to really like make anything a clan or make anything flavorful or move anything around like in all the other orc codexes before. So I basically took Zard Stark because my guys are all painted as speed freaks and they've over the years they've keep slowly eliminating anything where you could make like a speed freaks army or cold of speed army and just made it more, you know, vanilla, I guess. So I took Zard Snark, so at least you got a little flavor of, you know, trying to be the army that it was supposed to be. So when you take him as your warlord, it makes uh, Warbikes troops, um, and it gives his unit of Warbikes scout, and then he's got a skilled rider, which skilled rider confers to the unit, so it gives the whole unit uh, plus one to jink saves, and um, they ignore uh, dangerous terrain, which is pretty good. So I had him as my warlord. Um, and then I took a, a second HQ choice was a pain boy uh, on a war bike. And then for the third HQ choice, I took another war boss uh, on foot with a combi scorched up power claw, heavy armor, attack squig, boss pole, and a lucky stick. Um, and then for troops, I just had uh, 20 boys, 20 shooter boys. Two of them had big shooters, um, the knob, and then I upgraded one to a knob and he had a shooter power claw boss pole. Uh, then I had another 12 shooter boys. The knob had a shooter power claw boss pole, and they were in a truck with a reinforced ram. Then I had another squad that was 12 boys. They were slugga, uh, slugga chopper boys. The uh, knob had a shooter power claw boss pole, and they were in a truck with a reinforced ram. And then I had another squad that was another slugga chopper boy squad, identical to the one of above, but it was only 11. Um, the 12th spot was taken up by the war boss that I just went over that was on foot. He went in that truck with those that boy squad. Um, then for elites, I had a squad of just 10 normal knobs. Uh, one of them had a commie scorcha, two of them had big choppas, three of them had power claws, one of them had a wog banner, uh, they all had heavy armor, and then the boss knob had a power claw as well, and a uh, boss pole. And they were in a truck with a reinforced ram. Um, me and Scott decided that Nob should have Implacable Advance, since they're like the Terminator equivalent unit for orcs. So we played him with Implacable Advance uh, in the game. Um, for Fast Attack, I took five Defcoptas, uh, upgraded them all to Twin Link Rocket Launchers, and gave one a Buzzsaw. Um, for the second Fast Attack slot, I had a DACA Jet, and then took the extra uh, Super Shooter on it. Um, then for the third Fast Attack slot... I had uh, four war buggies, all with twin link rocket launchers, and then I forgot. Uh, I I had another troops choice. I had to put it in fast attack on the army list, even though it goes in troops because of the way uh, uh, quartermaster was. But for my last troop slot, I had fifteen war bikers and one mob, um, and then the boss of the war bikers had a power claw, and that's where Zard Snark went. They become troops when Zard Snark is your warlord. Um, and then for heavy support, I had a battle wagon with a cannon, four big shooters, and a reinforced ram. And that's where the 20 uh, shooter boys went in. And then I had, for my second heavy support slot, a squad of 12 lootas. And then for the last heavy support slot, I had a looted wagon with kill cannon, rocket launcher, and reinforced ram. So everything in the army was either on a bike or uh, was a vehicle or mounted in a truck or a battle wagon. So it was a proper speed freak fashion. Yeah. 
Evil yep. Sons, right? That's the actual yeah. proper clan Evil name. Sons. That's the yeah. clan. Yep. And then you, and then I'm running the Cold of Speed Force. So that was pretty much my my army. Man, so, dude, you're uh, like you're describing this army, and I'm just like, shooter boys. Haven't heard that name in years. <laughs> like it's all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty rad. It had uh, three heavy support, three fast attack, and one. What is it? One. One elite, and then. One, two, three, four, five troops. So I almost took a full FOC um, to get into 2,500 points. I basically, you Scott seen, I took basically every model I own, except for I have like a, a small squad of, I have a squad of three kilocans, and I have a Death Dread, which if you take Zard Snark as your Warlord, you're not allowed to take anyway, because you become Cold uh, of Speeds. So they basically say that they're too slow, and they can't put them in your army. So That's fair. <laughs> yep. So, how'd the game go? Let's, uh... Um, Scott... Scott went first. He got first turn. Um, do you remember what you killed first turn? Yep, so, uh, first turn, I... You know, I think I just rolled that, and then, uh, you didn't see. So, I... It was Dawn of War deployment. I think I took a picture on our Facebook page of, of our armies once they were set up before we actually started rolling dice. Oh, real quick. We got to talk about the Seize the Initiative thing because it was so funny. That was like my one of my favorite moments of the whole oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so Ryan has a bunch of like random dice from, you know, forever years of playing games and stuff. And they're all multicolored. And I, I assume, you know, the reason you do that is you can have some for wound counters or different yep. types of weapons, things like that. But the dice I picked out for him to seize in was colored blue. And I'm a little rusty on my fluff because blue is the lucky color of fucking orcs. It's like their thing, man. So they're <laughs> war paint and all that. They paint their faces in blue and shit. They really enjoy it. They get a lot out of it. And that was the dice I picked. And he told me that. And it, it dusted the cobwebs off some old memories. And I was like, Fuck now! Like, yeah, it shook him. It, he visibly was shook. I I reached in my bag and I just pulled out five random dice and I go, I'm holding them in my hands and I said, "Choose your doom." And he goes to touch them and I go, "Don't touch it. Just tell me what color. Just tell me what color." Just fucking with him. And he goes, "Take the blue one." And I go, "Ah, the blue one." You do realize blue is the orc lucky color. And his fucking color drained out of his face. And he's like, "Are you serious?" And I was like, "Oh yeah." And he's like. Fuck! And then he got visibly worried. <laughs> well, goddamn! <laughs> and then I proceeded to roll a five and not seize the initiative. <laughs> so, uh, so I was I set up um, Dawn of War style. So I I posted most of my things pretty far back. I think I only killed the Death Coptas turn one with the Sickerin. And, and you stunned you stunned some trucks. Yeah, or I some stunned shit. like a a battle wagon. I think with some. With the knobs in it. Um, Tell them the mission. Coptus. Why we did the mission? Oh, so we we just pre-picked our mission. What we were going to do was blood feud because blood feud, in its essence, is kill points, and that kind of makes the most sense for Legionis Astartes fighting as the Enos Force is you know like a planetary extermination mission or like a cleansing mission. We, so. we went, basically went through all the heresy missions and read through them, and we yeah. kind of read them out loud and was like, does this sound? And I was like, nah, that doesn't sound... The only one that sounded proper for you know, Marines fighting orcs was that one. And we came to that consistency. Consi right. uh, consi yep. So we just decided to do that one. 
I always think of like so, Tim uh, talking about like how there's like a computer you got to capture and like wait for the files to download. Like I just yeah, don't see like, I'm not, I just don't I'm see Orcs doing that. <laughs> like, trying to snatch up some Orcs porno max out of some old shack or something. <laughs> but uh, so so first turn I killed a couple of the deaf copters and they All of them. they yeah they failed their leadership and um, yeah. the, the thing that saves Orcs I guess and well what did save them seventh was the mob rule but if you don't have a knob or character in that squad they just automatically fail it the so mob rule in seventh edition sucked it used to be you were fearless if you had more than 10 guys and then they really super nerfed it and it basically became pretty pointless right and those the def cop just fall back three six and i think you rolled damn near uh you like yahtzee like three sixes and i threw two sixes and a five and yeah, they were didn't, yeah. isn't the mob rule now or like if it your leadership's based on how many models you have in the unit, I thought? Or is that nope. the old? Nope, yeah, that's the old one. The, the new one is just you use your normal leadership, which is typically seven or eight. I think the knobs are eight, but the normal yeah. guys are seven. And the problem is, like, Defcoptus don't get a knob. You can't upgrade anybody, so they're just seven. Um, so you're pretty easy to fail. And then you roll on this little chart, and on a one, I think you fail like normal. And then on a three or a four, if you have a character, or on a two through... Two through four or some shit. If you have a character, you do whatever. But once again, they can't take a character, so it didn't matter. And then I think on a five or six, you know, you take, like, some hits if you... But anyway, it was like, I didn't have a character. I think I rolled a three, and it didn't do shit for me, and they yep. ran off the board. Yep, but, so those dudes, and there was a battle wagon with... Uh, not a battle wagon, just, like, a truck that with some knobs in it that I stunned. But nothing really yeah. super important. So that was my first turn. Um, I think you killed, like, you shot into the um, war bikes, and I think you killed maybe one war bike or two war bikes. Yeah, yeah, I just kind of fucking shot into the sky arbitrarily at those war bikes. Um, (laughs) Well, they're pretty tough, because with Skilled Rider, they're they're three-up jink, and then I had the pain boy in there to give him feel-no-pain, so he put some wounds on him, but I just made my saves. I think I failed, like I said, I failed one save and then didn't get the feel-no-pain. I think you killed the bike. Scott, Um, any reason why you went for the death copters first? Um, well, they were, I knew how fast they were, and they, there were at least a few kill saws in that unit, which are, I, I believe, sort of similar to Chain Fist in close combat. I wasn't super sure, but I'm... They're I'm just pretty, a power fist. They're not on, yeah. So they would have been pretty good against a Contemptor in close combat or a, a Sikrin. And, um, it just so happened that... I was lined up for a really good shot with that Sikrin that ignores Jink, and it's AP4, so they're only getting a five-up uh, cover save since they were on, like, a, a flat-top roof building, and that was the, the kind of cover rules me and Ryan had agreed upon before we were playing the game. So I was like, well, I'll just take my chances with this five-up. They're not getting feel-no-pain like the bikers are and all that. And with me going first, the way he deployed, like, that big biker unit is really nasty. And I knew if I was going first, he wasn't going to deploy somewhere where Ferris and all those Gorgons could get to him because I'd outfitted that unit with rag grenades and stuff so they could instant kill those guys. Um, so it was kind of like, well, you know, I got to take what's given to me and try to try to start, you know, tallying up some kill points and... It just so happened that Sickering could line up pretty decently on those deaf copters. I didn't expect them to run off the board. Obviously, you wouldn't count on something filling a leadership check, but 
I got lucky. So. Did y'all well, you know? You did I you? Think, I think oh. he killed him down to two anyway. There was only two left, and yeah. I think one yeah. I had a wound on him. So. Yeah, that did, that did, uh, sick room was actually pretty effective. Yeah. Did Did you know beforehand that you were gonna be playing Cult of Speed, playing against Cult um, of Speed? No. Yeah, he had showed me. Uh, he had showed me the army, at least some of the models before, and I knew it was a. Uh, and we had gone over our list, I think, actually, in text messages, what we what yeah. we had. Because for him, 2,500 points is almost everything he owns. So it, it was kind of like, man, we got to try to, you know, uh, game this so we can fit everything in and get everything on the tabletop as much as possible. Because my main motivation was I just wanted to see the Army kind of, as a miniature, you know, fan, I guess. Kind of sore. The whole reason this went down is Scott was just asked about my orcs because he'd never seen them. And I'm like, well, I'll get them out. And I'm, and then we just, it kind of just came up. I'm like, well, we yeah. could play them. Like, I, I'm like, I don't think they'd be, <laughs> you know, overpowered or anything in 30K. And um, I don't ever get to play them. So I was like, we'll just yeah. design a game and play them. And that's kind of what happened. And it Ride, was, Ryan think, pulled the I old. Think, Ryan pulled the old, well, it ain't going to suck itself thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean. Do you want to play them? To be honest, man, like the way it worked out, I think they fit almost perfectly, at least under the parameters that me and you agreed upon. I think it was a very competitively close game and very, you know. Yeah, I I mean, I didn't, I wasn't trying, I mean, not that orcs, I don't think, I mean, I didn't play it. I mean, I quit playing right at the end of 6th edition anyway, yeah. so I, I missed out on all the big formation shit, but I don't remember anybody complaining about orc formations or whatever, but I wasn't... I, I took yeah. all my shit from one source. I didn't take any formations. Um, I didn't take, like, any of the... I took Zardsnark, which I guess technically is not in that timeline, but I wasn't, like, thinking it was as it was Zardsnark. I was simply just taking... Could be. Could just be old. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, don't, I just basically was taking him... As somebody that allowed me to run my army as cold of speed, that's orcs, all it was. Orcs technically can live forever, right? As long as they don't, you know. I don't. I don't know. They don't. Yeah, they don't they really keep talk growing about bigger. Yeah. yeah, they're fungus. So. Yeah, if you're a mushroom, you don't. They're really like they're like lobsters, about, dude. Like, heart failure. <laughs> yeah, but the the model that I was using is the old. It was a model made to be Wazdaka Gutsmech. It's actually converted Wazdaka Gutsmech because they never made a model for him. Um, I own the Zardsnark model from Forge World, but I've just never... I have it in a baggie, but I never painted it. And I, and I had that Wazdaka model, and then when 7th came out, he wasn't in the Codex anymore. I just got rid of him. So I was like, well, I'll just use him as Zardsnark until I get this other one painted up. And I just never got around to it, because I started playing 30k. Um, so, my first turn... Um, I couldn't make it into close combat with anything, so it was basically just moving forward as far as I could. He p- deployed a Spartan all the way down on one flank, so I put my bikes all the way down on the other flank because uh, I, I knew that that was a, a really good unit from back playing the 40k days. It was like the one-star unit I had in my army. So the plan was just to start on one end of his army and just try to roll that flank up and hopefully just bog down Ferris and kind of keep him pinned down on one side of the board while that unit did work on the rest of his army. And then hopefully once the rest of the army was done, I had enough maneuverability left where I could um, kind of keep away from Ferris and just keep out of charge reins while shooting at him and maybe just wear him down. Um, orcs are extremely poorly equipped to deal with the Primarch. There, there's no orc has an invulnerable save. Um, so no invulnerable save. And... <laughs> 
you know, and every Primarch has like some kind of crazy fucking instant death weapon or strength ten or anything First like that. Manus is going to make you one invulnerable save, definitely. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I mean, Ferris just has to hit you once and wound you once, and you're done. You're picking your model up because uh, War Boss is only an ish four, like, and that's the highest initiative in your army. And I don't think I've ever seen a War Boss without a power claw. So you're basically fighting after everything, and you have no invulnerable save. So, um. And orcs' thing is close combat. Shooting at Ferris with an orc army, uh, as we found, was pretty hilarious. Like I could literally fire my entire army into him, and I would be lucky to do a wound, which happened yep. like two or three turns in a row. Which we'll he's get. Just, to. He's like a hurricane. He's just going to move six inches closer to you every. <laughs> well, shoot, we decided that shooting fucking orcs at Iron Hands is like just the, just total futility because <laughs> they just have like mass. Strength four, that's AP six. So you're not like ignoring any armor, and because yeah. they're fucking iron, it's minus one to your strength. Um, so it's like I need fives or sixes to hit, then fives or sixes to wound, and then he's getting his full fucking save. And it's like, well, this is pointless. And then he's like, he's got those uh, the quad mortar battery. I was like, well, what the fuck? Like, I have nothing in my army that I can even because it goes, it's effectively tough eight, yeah, and I have a bunch of strength four shit. And so Ferris I have, like, is there, so they get a six up feel no pain on top right. of everything else. Um, so it was dealing with that was rough. And then uh, anybody who's ever played orcs, like trying to kill vehicles with orcs, the literally the only thing you have is essentially power claw. Like it's just generous application of power claw. And if power claw doesn't do it, just add more power claw. So um, that's why Don't they I have like some sort of melt again, like melt a bomb, like a tank buster no. bomb or something. I thought they had like a, they they have have it on a stick yeah. on tank busters, but you I didn't have any of those. Yeah. yeah, that that's also why the melt, the grenade FAQ in seventh edition fixed that up real nice for them too. Um, <laughs> Square the boy. For real. So, yeah. So anyway, um, so yeah. So as far as this tank his tanks go like a Spartan. I didn't have any choice, but to like just stick up, like stick a sacrificial something out there to, to get them out. And then once they got out and ate that thing, then just try to drive around them and assault the Spartan to kill the mobility of that unit, which is basically what I did. I basically put all three of the, um, boy squads and trucks all on the flank across from Ferris. And on my second turn, I drove all the trucks up around the Spartan and basically surrounded it where it couldn't get out of the ring of trucks. Um, and then made him shoot me out of the trucks and then deployed all my boys behind the wreckage of the trucks to make it a long charge for Ferris and the the guys to get out and uh, charge him. Um, and then shot my Ludas uh, ineffectually at probably, I think it was his quad mortars and maybe did, like, kill the guy. Um, yeah. And then my bikes, my bikes just moved up and turbo boosted and got where they were in assault range of his... Uh, Sakaran and his uh, Dreadnought and the um, Quad Mortars, like a big like multi-assault. Like I spread them out like halfway across the board because I have I had 17 bikes and, no, yeah, 15 in the unit and then the Pain Boy and then the War Boss, so, so 17 in the unit on bike bases you can make, you know, put two inches apart you can make a as long a line as you care to make. <laughs> um, so that was kind of basically it was just all set up on my first turn. Wow, that uh, that sounds sounds like Scott had a little bit better of a first turn, but 
hearing how your wheels work, like hearing how like you're planning to do things, like basically like cowboys and Indian around the Spartan, like and getting getting yourself uh, all prepped up. It's pretty crazy, man. Like you, uh, you're fucking around. You're gonna make this work. So yeah. I drove the battle wagon forward, and usually it's pretty good because it's open top. And I got twenty shooter boys in there, so the idea is you drive the battle wagon forward, then shoot all twenty guys out of it, which is forty shots, and then it's got a bunch of big shooters on it and all that. Um, but the only thing in range is those stupid fucking quad mortars, which are which are tough seven that you get minus one strength against, so none of the shooters can hurt them. And then I shot the big shooters up there and did nothing. So it wasn't. It was, I was like trying to shoot at Scott's stuff. I was like, this is just not working. <laughs> the, the, the iron hands were feeling all right. <laughs> like, and then, then my knobs, the knob unit with all the power calls in it was the truck that he stunned. So it was like sitting at the back of the board, like fucking super disappointed that they weren't going anywhere. I feel like, like this is like if I were watching a. Uh, like this in a movie, it would be like the Iron Hands are like getting extremely cocky. Like, hmm, this is what we called in Ferris for. <laughs> like, <laughs> the Primarch is here. So, what'd you do on your second turn, Scott? Turn two. Okay, so my second turn, since we already established that the bikes were on one side of the board and the Spartan was on the other, and those other bike uh, truck boys had moved up. I kind of started to try to think about the mission parameters and what I had to do as far as kill points win. And I know those trucks are easy kill points. And if I can get to the boys inside and make my charges, I can probably kill them, you know, hopefully. Yeah. Now, yeah. Um, so that's kind of what I started to do um, with the Spartan, the, the guys inside, the fact that it has a power of machine spirit and Ferris, I could sort of like, expel the contents of that Spartan at several different units and then split fire with the Spartan to kill different trucks and stuff and try to rake in as many kill points as I could. Um, I think what ended up happening towards the end of the turn was so working, I believe it's left or right across the table. Uh, the Sickering kind of ineffectually shot at some some bikers. He might have picked no, off one. No, you killed something. you killed my battle wagon. You blew the okay. battle wagon. Yeah, yeah. Okay, never mind. I'm back on track now. So the Contemptor shot at the bikes. I don't think he killed anybody though. Nope. Did he not? No. What maybe happened? one. Maybe one or two. Not enough. Yeah. Not enough. Just not much. He didn't do much. Um, the Sickering did kill the bow wagon though, and I think he ended up losing about nine of those twenty shooter boys. Yeah, you killed explosion. half. Yeah. So yeah. that was, you know, a pretty decent thing for me. And then um You blew up the knob truck. The yeah, truck blew with up the knobs knob that truck was... with the with the shatter shells from yep. the uh, uh from the quad raker. And then um I think as far as my plan to like you know, have that Spartan kind of like angry disco ball as much as it could around it. I, I killed two trucks, and I think Ferris made his charge on a unit of boys. But my Gorgons failed their charge going over top of one of the the um, orc trucks. Yep, so yep. they were just kind of sitting there with their you know fucking dicks hanging in the wind. And Ferris, had, Ferris charged this sh- the the twelve man shooter boy squad. Yeah, and he fucking you know cleaned them up as he does, yep. and then uh. I had a unit of tactical marines, I believe, come in out of outflank in the backfield of the orcs. And my plan was to try to kind of like, you know, as the as the head of the Gorgon Rider War sort of 
describes as an armored encirclement. I wanted to bring those that tax squad in, disembark them, and shoot them at one of the trucks. Try to you know score that extra victory point in that way. You know, I would have units on all sides of them, but they did not kill the truck they were shooting at. So those dudes fucking failed me, <laughs> and they paid for it. <laughs> almost, <Yeah>. almost immediately. <laughs> So, uh, that was my turn. I, I I got like you know I think maybe three kill points out of that turn, something like that. So not 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 shitty at all. I can't nope. nope. So then on my turn, the uh, he killed the one shooter boy squad and the truck squad. So over there left, I had the two slugger chopper boy squad. One of them had the war boss attached. So what I decided to do was just bypass Ferris and surround the terminators, and then I set up a multi charge where I would charge. The Terminators with the 12-man Slugger Chopper Boy squad and then multi-assault the other squad where the War Boss would hit the Spartan because the War Boss is strength 10 with his Power Claw. So I was hoping to kill the Spartan with the, the War Boss Power Claw and then put the rest of the squad into the, the Terminators. But the plan was to shoot all the Sluggas in there. My plane came in, so I was going to shoot the six Super Shooters at the Terminators. I was going to shoot the Ludas at the... Shoot the Terminator... Or the... The Ludas... Uh, at the, I shot them at the quad mortars again. Um, basically, I was trying to put as much. Uh, my rocket buggies came in. They shot the uh, Scorpus whirlwind and stunned it because they came in from outflank and got in the rear of it. And I took two whole points off of it and stunned it, which was good enough because I just didn't want it shooting at me. Um, then the bikes assaulted the Sakaran with Orth the Mortis Dreadnought and the Quad Mortars all at once. And I think I was able to kill the Sakaran and I fucked up the Dreadnought, but I don't think it died. I think I immobilized right. it and had one whole point left. Yeah, you, you held it in place long enough. I think the next turn of... Uh, On your, your turn, I killed the Dreadnought and the uh, yep. Quad Mortars, I think. There you go. Um, so... That's pretty much what happened there. So I made all my assaults with the uh, the Slug of Chopper Boys into the Terminator. So I shot everything that I had into the Terminators. And I'm, uh, what did I shoot at you that was a ton of? Oh, so I shot all the stuff at the Terminators, and then I charged in. No, I'm gonna knowing I'm gonna get a fight first because all the shit's unwieldy. Yeah. So I'm hitting him with like, what is that? Twenty. The... It was like sixty some odd attacks. It was a shitload. Yeah. So yeah. I made him. I made him do like I think he had to pass thirty six armor saves, and he failed one. Yep. Ar Holy Iron shit. hands are harder than fucking woodpecker lips, baby. Yeah. They yeah. Shit. <laughs> so I, I I did thirty six wounds, and he Iron failed and one. Lips. So I was pretty disappointed uh, in that. Uh, and then my war boss went after the Spartan, and I think I got it all the way down to one fucking hole point. And then got like three pin results and didn't roll anything good. Yeah. Not, couldn't yeah. blow it up. So I did. I like was like fuck because I was really hoping to kill those Terminators and then kill that Spartan, and then consolidate. And the plan was to consolidate the War Boss and his unit back, and then consolidate the other unit has a screen in between um, Ferris and the other squad, so that Ferris would then have to like chew through, you know, multiple squads or whatever. Um, so that did not work out. At all, it was not good. Oh, the other thing that did good happen though was the the knob squad that shot out of the the truck all the way at the back. They got out, and then I called a wog so they get to uh, yep. move up and then run and then charge. 
and they needed like a fucking nine or ten inch charge or some shit, and I got it. I I was able ap, uh, able to make it. Hurt. It, it hurt bad. <laughs> yeah, it was a but, fucking long shot, but they made it. Yeah, so the the knobs made it to that uh, squad that came in and shot that truck and didn't do anything they, to. Those dudes ran, charged, and then they had the "here we go" rule, so they re-rolled the dice, and after all of that, they were fucking. They made yep, it. And I was they made like, it. Damn. They yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that was pretty much it, um, for my turn. That sounds like uh, I feel like Casterman Orth, like you, you, you sling all those attacks at a unit, and he's like, mm, like water against the rocks, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, just like well, Orth got that was what was funny though is Orth got blown out of the, uh, the Sakaran. But what? Because what had happened is I had a multi assault all three of those units, and then the guys that got shot out of the battle wagon also assaulted into the Sakaran in the front just to get them closer. Um, and then when the Sakaran blew up, it killed more of them, so they went down to like five. So between Orth blowing up their battle wagon and then killing half the squad, and then them killing Orth's uh, his Orth's uh, ride, it blew it killed the, the half have the squad again. And then on Scott's turn, he fucking charges Orth in. On his own against this squad of fucking orcs, and Orth has the the dreaded power maul, which sucks in 30k, but is the most dreaded weapon against orcs <laughs> because it's plus two strength at initiative with AP four, which like ignores all orc armor saves. So Scott killed that whole fucking unit of orcs before <laughs> I even fought. Fucking nice. Orth just Orth just sprung out of this hatch and was like, "Fuck you, dickheads!" He <laughs> yeah. came for like charging. <laughs> yes, off. fuck you, dickheads! Just busted out his car, shoot at him, but. <laughs> And then yeah. Scott's big uh, big squad failed to come in again, so we knew that they were going to auto-come in the next turn, but he had a 15-man tax squad that just kept failing to come in. Yeah, they just were fucking holding off. They were just walking on like regular reserves, and I don't know, they just were late, late to the party. But uh, on my turn, so things are starting to shift with the, with the bike squad tying up the Contemptor, the quad mortars, and my Sikorin all in one charge, so it's a, you know, it's a it's a bad thing, but at least it's holding that big blob of fucking death in one spot for, you know, a, a marginal amount of time while I can try to rake in whatever kill points I can on the other side of the board with Ferris and the Gorgons and those dudes and the Spartans. So, um, I think my Gorgon Terminators ended up falling back and I didn't actually know this was a rule, but we looked it up and it's a thing and it's super smart if you're if you're playing a game to try to play it this way, if you can multi-charge and you're going against a unit that you know is just hard as fuck, and you can multi-charge into, like, say, a rhino or something that's pretty easily squished, those whole points you do to that vehicle that are part of your multi-assault count yeah. towards combat resolution against everything you charge. And pins counted for two. Pins yeah, are two, and, and the other whole points are one. So those those uh, whole points he did to my Spartan that count against my Gorgons made a huge difference, and I yep. was not in my deployment zone, so I did not get the bonus for stubborn. Uh, yeah, uh, chosen ground, which is stubborn in my deployment zone. The uh, uh, head of the Gorgon Rider War. So, <laughs> so like the orcs dudes. were just like, look at what we're doing. This take, boom, boom, boom. That's gonna happen well, to Scott, you. Like, <laughs> Scott had thought he, oh god, no. Scott had thought he had won the assault because he'd killed a bunch of the orcs when the guys fought back with his chain fists or whatever. Um, 
so we started adding it up, and then I was like, well, but I did these whole points to the, the tank. And he was like, what? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I showed him in the rule book. I was and like, he was like, fuck. You're next, Gorgons. You're next. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> so these fucking, these fucking jabronis broke. But um, they ended up rallying the next turn. And on the turn you can rally, of course, all you can do is move three inches and fire snapshots. But instead of firing, you know, pointless snapshots into a couple of random boys, I moved my Forge Lord within base to base my Spark and used his Battlesmith rule to repair me some whole points so I could get a few more turns of usage out of that thing. And Ferris uh, that turn charged into a unit of Orc boys and a war boss. A war boss. Yep. Smashed yeah. them. Kicked those into the sun and then. Uh, I think I tried to kill a war buggy with the Spartan, but I all I did was take a whole point off. Like I, you know, I pinned it, but I think I rolled like one or two on my damage results, so it still had yeah. a whole point left. And um, the whirlwind Scorpius ended up uh, doing a, a damage result of a six on the looted wagon carrying the looters in the backfield. And the looted wagon is open top. So, uh, well, it did that on the turn before. We just forgot to say it because okay. I had it. Yeah. before the war buggies come in, it had blown up the looted wagon. Gotcha. Thank so you. those looted wrong, but, but yeah, yeah, there's a kill point there. And uh, my whole mindset was just to try to keep pace with, you know, I knew those bikes were in my backfield and they're in my shit. They charged my units and were in close combat with them. So, you know, just trying to keep pace with the amount of kill points he was pulling in versus the damage I was capable of doing, I guess. And that was my turn, I think. Yep. So then on my turn, I needed to finish off the um, the Scorpus Whirlwind. So I just I pulled the buggies up and got more in the rear arc and oh, did more hole points. Because I, I only needed one more hole point to finish it. So I was able to finish it off. Um, my Daka Jet... We'll just say this for the Dakajet. It didn't do anything. It didn't do a single move, <laughs> anything the whole game. I hey, kept shooting. I kept shooting good. it at the Terminators, and it just did fuck all. And then once the Terminators were dead from it, from something else besides it, it started shooting at Ferris and did nothing to him. So for the rest of the game, just imagine the Dakajet doing circles and shooting out lots of bullets and not doing anything. So that's what it did the rest of the game. Um, the the one slug of Chopper Boy squad that was not dead yet because Ferris had killed all the other squads over there um, charged into the Spartan and the the power claw knob was able to finish the Spartan off because it had two whole points left because Scott had repaired one. And then the knobs that had killed the tactical squad went turned around and killed their rhino once again for kill points. I finally finished off the um, squad of... Uh, quad mortars in assault and the dreadnought and all that, so all that shit was dead. Um, and then, yeah, that was it. Oh, and Scott had killed off. He didn't. And that was what was funny. So Orth ended up killing everybody, but what two of the boys out of yep. the one squad? Yeah. Yep. So that was vexing Scott because I had these two boys that he had to kill for a kill point, and I was run. I basically kind of. I was like, I'm not going to do anything with two fucking shooters, so. I'll just like kind of run over here and hide and just preserve this kill point. You'll um, never see them again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, 
Those guys really fucked me. This game, as it turns out, they really fucked me. Yeah. Uh, so then uh, my knobs, I I basically had killed that rhino, but because you can't consolidate, I'm stuck all the way over in the other corner of the board, like away from everything. So I was like, well, these guys are probably done. The Ludas weren't in range of anything, really, so I moved them up and then just took some snapshots at the Terminators. So I shot them in the jet at the Terminators and then moved my bikes where they could kind of shoot at the Terminators. Um, and I'm pretty sure I killed... Did I kill the Terminators with all that shooting? Is that what happened? Because I thought they I died. Think, I think you charged them and finished them up with the Power Claw guy, I want to say. No, because that, that went after the Spartan. Something killed him, no? though. okay. I don't remember what killed the Terminators. Well, I'm I'm almost sure you killed that Forge Lord in close combat because he had two wounds, so someone fucking snipped his head off. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> in Iron Something... Hand fashion. <laughs> yeah. Too soon. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. But anyway, yeah, that that somehow happened, but I don't remember how. Oh, no, maybe I shot him with rock buggies later on and doubled him out or something. We yeah, his... something like that. It was yeah. something along those lines. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so yeah, that was pretty much it. So Scott's army at this point, he still had the one squad yet to come on from reserve. But other than that, he pretty much just had Ferris Manus left. But he had killed like half my Ludas, all my boys, except for the one squad that had just killed the Spartan. Um, and then the two that were running loose, and then the knobs that were all the way in the other corner. He'd killed all my trucks. Um, he'd killed all the def coptas. Every vehicle. Every basically. vehicle. Yeah. Um, so I basically all I had left that was really effective at anything was the uh, um, the big bike squad. That was really it. Yeah. So. So finally, on this turn, my 15-man squad, I think it was turn force, they automatically come in. And they walk on, and we kind of alluded to this earlier, but uh, in Iron Hands, it's either their Legion rules or the rules for Head of the Gorgon Right of War. I don't know which, but they get stubborn in their own deployment zone. So this 15-man attack squad kind of like waddles onto the board, and they pour a bunch of bolter shots in this uh, bike squad, and I don't know if they do much. They might kill a guy or something like that. Yeah. But um, Ferris, you know, uh, I was focusing on infantry units because in Blood Feud, you pick a unit type, and I think you're technically supposed to keep it secret, but in our case, it really didn't matter because it's very obvious what we were going to pick. So we just told each other. I was focusing on infantry units, so Ferris just kind of went and found an infantry unit and fucking crushed them with his golf club and moved on but uh the 15 man squad came on and shot and just sort of stood there now my game plan was knowing that they're stubborn and hoping they can make a leadership eight role they can hold they're pretty resilient against shooting as we kind of covered because of the invalid armor rule with minus one strength uh, all incoming shooting ferris gives them a six plus invul save you know they can they can kind of hold their own as far as uh soaking up you know uh, kinetic damage from shooting so that was my plan there and, and uh basically at this point i only have two real dynamic functions to my army i have a spartan who's stationary whose days are numbered i kind of know this like it's not really i'm not gonna it's not gonna do anything very effective from this point on but i have ferris who will kill anything he touches but the caveat to that is he's got on foot 
and he can only move so far. And I have this 15-man tax squad that is not very, you know, is not going to kill anything in it of itself, but it can kind of dictate the way other units are going to move around it. And it's tough. Like, it can soak up a, a fairly decent amount of damage just by virtue of the fact that it's 15 guys. So that was my plan. I moved those dudes on, tried to get those bikes to go after it, and then whatever Ferris could get to, whatever, you know, the dice gods would abide me with, as far as rolling charge distances and stuff, he could help me score some kill points. And that was my turn. Yeah, so he assaulted, I killed the Spartan, and then he assaulted the squad that killed the Spartan and killed them with Ferris. Yeah. Yeah. So then on my turn, I retaliated by shooting back at the big blob of guys and then assaulting in and I killed a bunch of them, but not all of them. And then, um, on his next turn on Scott's next turn, Ferris was kind of like out of things to charge. Cause I'd moved the war buggies away. He can't charge the plane. The knobs are like all the way across the board. So he just started yep. heading towards the bikes basically. And then, um, on the bottom of Scott, on the on Scott's next turn, you know, I fought the the fi- the fifteen man squad again, and I killed almost what is it? Almost all of them, but not quite again. Yeah, but like then, five guys. There were right. five guys left. Four or five guys left. Right. And then Ferris moved closer. My knobs moved closer to Ferris. And then on the very last turn of the game, because I was going to get the last turn. Um, I ended up able to wipe that squad, and then we rolled to see if the game went on, and it didn't. Yep, and the reason why this is important is my, the only other unit he had that counted as double kill points, like fulfilling that blood feud mission requirement of being an infantry unit that I could kill was the knob squad. So And the two-man, well, and the little two-man squad. And the little two-man squad. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is it is it shook out the knobs were closer, so that was my goal for turn six if I had one to go that way. And but I was going after Ferris. I could have hit those guys, but I wasn't going to be a pussy, so I was chasing after Ferris, and he was chasing right. after me. Right, right. So <laughs> it ends on turn five, and we tally up kill points. And kill points-wise, I think it shook out to be roughly even, like 14 to 14. But there's a rule in that mission that is last man standing and whoever has the most units left at the end of the game scores an additional victory point and this is a perfect example of why it matters to know what your secondaries are and that was a victory <laughs> point that Ryan beat me on 15 to 14 because I, you know heresy games are traditionally like when compared to other types of games they're very low scoring so when you would normally read one of those mission, you know, objectives and you would dismiss it as not being significant because it only offers one victory point or whatever, that's a huge, huge deal. You have to pay attention to those. Like if you're into the strategic side of all of this and I only had, you know, one model left, I only had Ferris left. So and granted, nothing could kill him, but that doesn't matter. You know, it only matters the amount of kill points you break into that point. So he nudged me out. Man, fifteen to fourteen, and Ferris is just kind of standing there, looking, looking super grumpy as he does. You know, yeah. <laughs> as he's in my 
And then just for fun, we were like, man, if this would have went on one more turn, would he have made this charge and killed these knobs? And we rolled it out, and he did. <laughs> yeah, so, I was like, well, fuck, He man. did like, and did. <laughs> yeah, did and did. But it was fun, man. I, I was... Takeaways from the game, I think the coolest thing was how evenly these two forces played against each other in the, the scenario that me and Ryan orchestrated. So orcs haven't ever really been designed to compete in Horus Heresy or vice versa, Legionis Astartes compete in 7th edition 40k. But through a very minimum amount of you know collusion between the two of us, we were able to create a game that was incredibly fun, presented well. I think anyone that would see the game and has seen the pictures would agree it was presented very well. And it was very competitive. It was a lot of fun. We were able to use all the models we enjoy. We were able to use strategy and, you know, play that side of the game up to its utmost. And it was a, it was a really good time, man. I really enjoyed it. Yep. Me too. Sounds me too, badass. man. So Orcs and so, 3K, I mean, a go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not something I want to do all the time. Like, I definitely don't want to see them like at a fucking Adepticon or an right, event or whatever. Right. But, um, I mean, I don't think that they're like Scott said, unbalanced. As long as you stay away from formations and all that, because I mean, that shit can get squirrely. Um, and you just take all your shit from one source and you play with the Heresy Force Org and you play with, you know, only troop score. Um, then it, I think it would be fine. Yep. I think as long as you're you're honest with yourself and your opponent and you're playing with your boys in a, a special like setting or whatever, you know, it's it's something you can easily make work. You just gotta, you know, have good intentions going into it and have fun and it was it was a good time, man. And be a fucking closer. Paint your shit, paint your table, paint your terrain, paint it all. So Yeah. <laughs> it, it's worth it when you have that immersive experience and you're playing it. It really, really is. Yeah, wasn't it? Wasn't it down to like y'all's bases matched the uh, table? Could just like just yeah, yeah by you know. some insane happenstance, you know, I, you know, based my stuff generally in the same style as his table. So. Yep, and then my orcs were designed. My orcs were designed to be desert because I had that one desert board with all the rusty buildings on it. And usually when I uh, base my models, I always do the basing based on one of the tables I have here, kind of like their home, their home field advantage, nice. I guess. So that was kind of, so the fact that we were playing on desert terrain, my basis matched perfect. My goodness, my word does not get much more involved <laughs> than this game that y'all played. It was good shit, man. You should have been fun. there. You should have fucking been there. You're in New Mexico. doing stupid shit sweet guys so guys if you want to go check out those pictures uh, they did upload those to the Facebook page you can go relive this battle report and go see the pictures and you can definitely get a little bit better feel of what happened what was going on Uh, great bat rep guys super super involved I like hearing Ryan the way Ryan thinks and the way Scott, like it seems like Scott, it seems like you got unlucky more than once, but you know, hey, that's what happens. <laughs> like, <laughs> he Man, certainly did not get unlucky on armor saves. His fucking armor saves, <laughs> I could not fucking, fucking kill lucky than good. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. Every fucking time. So I dig it, badass guys, badass. So, 
God damn, those are some good looking pictures. Yeah. Somebody somebody took photography lessons. Scott, yeah, Scott right. took most of those pictures. Yeah, I I'm telling you, they found the most redneck motherfucker in that basement. <laughs> We gave him a camera, and we're like, make this work, and it did. <laughs> <laughs> Push this button, it will go. <laughs> so anyway, so that's it for that bat rep. Uh, Ryan, why don't you uh, give him some gen contact? that camera and was like, look, look me in the eyes. Do not eat this. Whatever you do. <laughs> I was like, okay. This is not food. Spit out, spit out. I was like, Scott, do not fuck this, eat this, or fight this. All right? It's not for that. It gets a big three out of the way. It's not a sex box. <laughs> put your dick up. Put put your dick up. So anyway, how about we get some Gen Con talk? How about that? What do you want to know? Ask me some questions. Uh, so let's first by go by saying, was it as crowded as you thought it was going to be? Like as you had it's prepared about like, for. It was about like every year. Um, it's honestly not too bad. Like I'm not bad around crowds or whatever. When you're walking through the vendor hall, I mean, you it's like it's like when you if you've ever been to a sporting event and you get up and everybody starts moving and you get in the aisle of the sporting event. And you're like filing out to your car. That's about what it's like walking around the vendor hall. Was it worth it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I got, uh, I went through my shopping list, and that I literally had got every single thing I had on my shopping list. Like nothing was sold out or whatever. So that was good. I wasn't like disappointed. Did you see anything weird? Like, was there anything that you were like, "What the fuck am I looking at?" Oh, weird. Yeah. Hmm. Come on, think about it. Take a minute. Like, like insane cosplayers or anything like that. Um, yeah. I don't oh, pay yeah. too much, too much attention to that. I mean, there's a lot of people wearing very uh, little clothing that should probably put more clothing on. I noticed Dig that it. a lot. Nice. So uh, some fucking some big old sloppers <laughs> hanging. Uh, scott is a lot less pr friendly when it comes to what needs to be said (laughs) big old slop i was was walking around with dave stilarski and i almost took like a set of double like i don't even know what they'd be there's double d's and then there's like quadruple e's or f's or some shit that's what these were and i almost took them right to the face like she was standing in a booth but she had this like leather bustier on and they were sticking out so far dude they were literally, this is not an exaggeration, if I put my palm on her sternum, they'd probably be past my elbow. That's how far they were sticking. Some fucking, yeah. some real slap hangers. <laughs> <laughs> so I was standing, or she was standing in the booth, but turned where they were like literally out in the aisle. So I'm walking, and I, I didn't even, like, because the way the booths are, like they have, like, she was just standing in this area, and I didn't even really see her at first. And I have my backpack on, and some other guy. Co- I'm following behind Dave, and I'm like just like looking basically the back of his neck, following him. Well, some guy comes walking by us like from the other side, and he turns, and he's got like this giant fucking backpack on. It's not. It's kind of like a battle foam pack go, but it wasn't. It was just a big fucking backpack. So this backpack comes swinging around as he turns at my face. <laughs> so your instinct when something swings at your face is to go. You know, I dipped like dipped down, and then kind of went like this, so it missed me. 
And then, like, but then titties, like, grazed my face because it was, like, zing. So I thought, like, I was scared that she thought I was, like, literally just, like, sticking my face in them. Because I didn't even see Boat, they were like, there. Surprise <laughs> motorboat. Like you... Yeah, like, 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 I could only imagine, like, when you, if it would be, like, sticking your face, like, like, in, like, fence slats. And then, like, running it down, like, like, like. <laughs> In between a rock um, and a hard place, right? But I, I did. I missed by a hair's breadth. I, I missed taking the uh, the tits to the face, so I got out of that situation. <laughs> but we, me and uh, Dave Stolarski were laughing about that. It's pretty funny. You're mad at me. I'm the one with the black eye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are uh, worse ways to go to be decapitated by tits, I guess. Yeah, yeah, there are. True story. <laughs> you need to holster those things, man. This is the third person this year. Um, if you want to see like the crowds and like what it's like when they first open the doors, which is pretty cool, um, go to the Eye of Horus Facebook page, and somebody posted a video of them doing the countdown to where they open the door of one of the entrances, and it's like a sea of people. It's pretty cool. One of the, one so of the this, six entrances, right? Like there was like six or oh no, no there's more. There, I think there's ten or eleven entrances, and oh, that was one entrance. Um, so. This was the 50th anniversary, so the one cool thing they had there, Gary Gygax's family was there. because I don't know if people realize this. Obviously, Gary Gygax invented Dungeons & Dragons, but he also started Gen Con. He was the original Gen... He ran the first Gen Con in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. That's why it's called Gen Con. So they literally rented out the entire Lucas Oil Stadium this year. So the football stadium uh, was taken over by Gen Con. And the whole floor of the football stadium had like a big... Uh, Gen Con library in it, and they had the first draft of Dungeons and Dragons hand typed on a typewriter with handwritten annotations from uh, Gary Gygax on it in a glass case, which was pretty cool. So I took a bunch of pictures for Tim from Eye of Horus since he's a D&D freak and uh, sent him all that stuff. Uh, it was pretty cool. So they also, in the Lucas Oil Stadium, they had a big, what they called the board game library, where it was just like literally shelves with thousands of board games on them that was all roped off and you could go in there and get any game you wanted off the shelf and they had tables in there and you could just sit and play board games and it was open 24 hours badass but you didn't have time for that you had to fucking get to your tables huh yep they had the battle tech pods there did you jump in one did you let psycho unleashed <laughs> no i didn't get a chance you had to have uh you had to go buy these fucking tickets and i wasn't about to stand in line and buy these fucking tickets so i didn't get a chance you to tell who you were but i should <laughs> you didn't tell them you were psycho <laughs> no. it's there's um, like people standing in the background going it's him there's no there's no way that couldn't be the real one there's no way <laughs> i i went over to um the 40k table my buddy chris duncan was playing in the 40k tournament the guy that does the uh dark age podcast that i do uh with yes. me and he had some of my stuff, so I had to meet him over there to get my models for Dark Age because I played a Dark Age narrative event, and I just had my models um, in a uh, pack plus, and it was zipped on top of his fifteen twenty just for so I didn't have to carry it around. So I had to go find him. So I went over to the forty k event there, and when I was there, uh, I was talking to him and our buddy Aaron Alion. We were just bullshitting a little bit, and somebody must have heard my voice. That's a listener from Canada, and they came over and introduced themselves. So. Uh, he's friends with uh, Mark Salmon from uh, Age of Darkness. Oh, so, yes. talked there for a couple minutes. He was playing uh, Demons, Demons and Knights in the 40K event. He said he was a fan of the show. Told me to tell you guys hi. 
that's what's up, dude. The fact that he recognized your voice. He's like, oh, oh, everybody shut up. Shut up. <laughs> like, <laughs> so so that was cool. Meet, meet somebody, a fan of the show. And then um, I played in my little Dark Age narrative event. It's pretty fun. Uh, met some cool people there. Um, met some people from Michigan that now may come to the Michigan GT just for me playing a little narrative event. So my Dark Age event that I'm running, I had a couple spots open. So hopefully they come and check that out. So that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, what else you want to know? I don't know, man. That's pretty much it. Forge World was there. Did you go check out the Forge World booth? How much overpriced were they? Uh, so they had the new plasma. So I went to the Forge World booth because I wanted to buy the Rogue Trader book because it's convention only. That's literally the only place you can get it. Okay. So I went and was going to buy that. It was like $60, whatever, for the book. Um I seen when I got up there that they had all the games day or a weekend or whatever the fuck it is stuff. So they had like the plasma Sakarin, which is the one I'm wanting. Um, but it was like $140 or $150, something like that. I think it was a hundred and $140. Then after tax, obviously it's going to be well over 150. And I got online and looked at the, they're just online price with the conversion rate. And it was like a hundred bucks. So I was like, "There's, I'm just not going to pay an extra fucking $50, so I'll just wait. So mm. all I got was the book. Uh, so. More fuel for Dave Moore. Anyway. For who? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I tell you what, if Games Workshop, if they can just sell a few more of those fucking Blood Raven Terminators, they can just pay his fucking ass off. Seventy-five fucking dollars for one Terminator? Jesus Old Christ. Fucking Herman Munster in fucking <laughs> Tartarus Terminator. I mean, armor. let's be real here. That dude is seventy-five dollars for a Terminator? Like, what's the markup on that guy? For a Blood Raven Terminator, the most popular like what like who the fuck do you know that plays Blood Ravens? Like, come on, like I don't Everyone's know, man. Everyone's like, I, "Oh man, it's an it's an easy fix because you can just swap out his head." It's like, motherfucker, it's seventy five dollars. Someone better be covering my deductible on my next <laughs> medical operation. God damn. Yeah, I just I cannot. I'm sorry, I just cannot. Like, I saw that that guy was seventy five dollars for a Terminator, a single Terminator, and I was like, "Wow, I just couldn't. I couldn't wrap my brain around that. I just could not." But it is what it is. Somebody's going to buy it. They must have only made 40 of them or something because they sure are proud of them. So the Battle BattleTech that, you know, you buy the starter box for BattleTech from Catalyst, so they always had these really super cheap plastic, like made from the same plastic that, literally the same plastic that plastic army men that come in the bucket are made out of that look like okay. absolute shit. They've had those for a long time. They finally, like re-sculpted all the minis and put legit plastics in the box, which they weren't out yet, but they had the sculpts in the case. So I was really pumped about that because the sculpts look really good. So they'll actually have a cool starter box that if people want to get into Battletech, they can buy, and it has like updated miniatures that look like something modern, which is good. Um, and then the thing that I saw that wasn't out but got me the most excited to uh, buy something here soon was there's a board game called Hate, H-A-T-E, just hate. It's yep. a cool mini or not game that's coming out on Kickstarter. And I think they said by the end of the year. And all the miniatures are done by Mike McVeigh. And they were fucking 
incre- I could not believe how incredible the miniatures were. I mean, it was just fucking just totally they, insane. They look fantastic, man. And one thing it it harkened back to me was if you remember some of the sculpts that were done by Games Workshop in regards to some of the ogre man eaters that specialized unit that, you know, there could be a pirate man eater or a ninja man eater or something yeah. like yep. that. Yes, I remember that. It yeah. very much reminded me of the uniqueness and level of detail of those models, which I would say, you know, were, were some of my favorites. Yeah. The other cool thing I saw John Stanford, I went, uh, he wanted some, he plays, I didn't even really know it existed there. I guess there's like an alien versus predator board game. Um, so it was made by this company called Protos or Pro P R O D O S Protos. Um, so I went over to that booth and so it's a board game you buy as a one-off board game. It's got like corridors. So it's almost like a zone mortalis table, but like a flat, like space Hulk space Hulk. That's what it is. But it comes with these really cool alien miniatures. They're slightly smaller scale than what you're, you know, than games workshop. I'd say they're like 20 millimeter or something like that. But the game board game comes with uh, Colonial Marines, a couple Predators, and some aliens, and it's just a board game. But they also sell like the exosuit and some Wayland Utani like corporate security guys and some other cool shit. But you can play it as a board game. But the guy has come out with a little rule book where you can play it as a miniatures game on a four by four table, like an open warfare build your own terrain game. And he started making other stuff. So he made the Colonial Marine tank from the movie Aliens you know, with the turret that, like, locks back on it to make it shorter, and then the little turret on the front, the door on the side, and the whole fucking thing opens, like, the turret actually slides back, the top comes off, the door opens, and it's fully, got a full interior on the inside with, like, all the the screens. If you remember in the movie where they're monitoring the screens and they have the cameras on each of the Colonial Marines and they're going dead, um, that that's all in that tank, and it looked fucking awesome. It was only like 50, 60 bucks, and it was fucking huge. It's like Spartan-sized, um, and it's got fully detailed with all the figures that sit inside. So that actually looked really cool, too. Yeah. It was dope as fuck. Post some pictures of that on the website, dude, on the Facebook page. Fucking... I, can't, I got pictures of all that. And then um, for me personally, I went for all the new Dark Age stuff releasing, so I was able to get all the new Scarred stuff that came out for Dark Age. I was pretty pumped about that. And then they even had more stuff in the case that was already painted that will be out by the end of the year that he had the uh like the early sculpts that they've already had painted up you know for display to get up on the website already done so i was pretty pumped about that then um my buddy dave that came down from detroit uh we i taught him how to play dark age this weekend and he bought him a faction starter and a little expansion thing and we played some games of dark age it was pretty cool so i think he liked it so that's, that's pretty much it. Trying to bring more people into the Dark Age hobby. Did you tell him about your podcast? He, pl- he plays. Yeah, he knows. He's listened to it. He plays 30K too. He plays. Uh, Scott's. I think all you guys have met him. Yeah. Yeah. Dave. Yeah. Yeah. I've met Dave. I think the event that you were here, he was here too. Um, he lives in Detroit. Um, he's one of our patron listeners, Dave Stolarski. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. It's a good dude, man. Lives in the Dirty D. Yeah. So, God bless him. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's good for some uh Okay. So that'll work. So Scott, man, so, I feel like it's getting that time right now. 
Yep. You guys have a nice evening. Hey, I will see. Uh, yes. Just real quick. Me and Scott are going to the little miniature comic convention, the comic toy thing down here in Indiana, the one where I bought my Fonzie cookie jar. Um, he's coming up and going to that with me this coming weekend. So we'll give a report on that. Yep, nice. I'm bringing my I'm bringing my spawn and my spouse slash uh, caretaker who watches over me and keeps me from eating anything that I shouldn't or licking any windows. <laughs> in all the videos. So uh, the Toy Comic Convention in Indianapolis. I know I have. If you're friends with me on Facebook or you know who I am on Facebook, I have annotated that I'm going for sure. Go check out that Facebook page and see if it's something you're interested. And I bet it's going to be a lot of fun. I definitely look forward to it. Yep. Fuck yeah! Look for Mossman. So I'll have plenty. All I'll right. hold up the worst thing. Take care. <laughs> All right. <laughs> see you later. Bye. Bye. All right. So we got Gen Con coverage knocked out. We've got your Orcs and Hiring Hands breakdown game, and then. Oh. Now you've got one list you're going to go over and then off to Mr. Bjorn's interview, Mr. Yeah. The Clash of the Tetons breakdown. So what list did you choose, Ryan? Well, what? I haven't chosen one yet. I'll let you guys choose. So we got, let's see, what is this one? So we got two White Scars lists. Or Boring. we got, or we got an Alpha Legion list. Boring. Or we got an Ultramarines list. Ooh, what, what, what? Uh, Ride of War is the Ultramarines list. Uh, the Lec, uh, what is it? Lectos Lotara or some shit like that. That's Logos Lotara. Yeah, that's the one I want to hear because everybody. I mean, I already know it's gonna come a White Scars list. I already know what's <laughs> gonna happen with the Alpha Legion list. Let's go with some Ultramarines. Let's okay, so did. I did. These these other lists are completed, and I have five more to go. I got swamped with lists this week, but it was Gen Con week, and I got nine lists to do. So I wasn't able to get them all done, but I got these four done, and I'll, I'll send them all through email if we don't go over them on the show um, or Messenger or whatever. So okay. uh, this one you this one got sent to you. Do you want me to read it off, or you want to read it off? It's in your email. Who's it from? What's the first name? I'll pull it up right now. It's George A. Raff. Or Rafe. You say it Rafe or Rafe? It's the Spaceman with Guns podcast. Got it. George. Got it. Spaceman with Guns podcast. Go check them out, guys. So this says, Hey, Michael, Ryan, Derek, and Scott. I submit for your disapproval a 2,500-point Ultramarines list running the Logos Lectora Ride of War. The ideas for this list came from thinking about the most effective way to take advantage of the Ultramarines Legion rule that allows rerolls of one to wound units that have already been hit by another unit in the army. My answer was gun pigs and lots of them. This list is probably fucked, but maybe Kimber Brain can make it not so fucked. So, the Gun Pigs list. He's got a Master of Signal and Artificer Armor, uh, which is also has art- it has Artificer Armor, Chernobyl Saber, Kami Weapon. Uh, oh, no. Then he took no, a Delegatus. But- then he took, he took a Master of Signal and Artificer Armor. Then he took a Delegatus in Artificer Armor with Chernobyl Saber, Kami Weapon. Uh, then he took a 10-man Tactical Squad, where the Tactical Sergeant has Artificer Armor, Power Weapon. When a rhino with a dozer blade, and there's one Legion Vexilla in there. Uh, he, took he took that, that four times. Four times. Gun pigs. Then he took a nine man, or I guess ten man, Legion Tactical Support Squad with Volkite Calibers uh, and a rhino with a dozer blade. He took five Terminators. The Terminator Sergeant has Combi Bolter power weapon, so nothing really special there. 
Uh, four of the Terminators have chain fist. Holy fuck. And one has a Reaper auto cannon. They're mounted up in a Spartan assault tank with flare shield, dozer blade, pin them out of multi melta, and a frag assault launchers. That's an expensive ass Spartan at 380 points. Uh, then he took a Sakarin battle tank. With Hunter Killer Missile, Dozer Blade, Auxiliary Drive, two sponsor mounted last cannons, a pinnacle mounted twin linked bolter. Then he took a five heavy support marines. Uh, a the a sergeant has artificer armor and augury scanner. Four and then all the other guys have Volkite Colvarens and hardened armor. I guess they come with hardened armor. No, nope, uh, you had to buy it. You had to buy hardened armor. Uh, then he took a second heavy support squad, same way, Artificer Armor, Artery Scanner of the Sergeant, with missile launchers. And that's his 2,500 points. He says, the idea is to have the tactical squads and support squads use their rhinos to essentially mark their targets to get the rerolls. Yeah, Volkite probably isn't the best option for the support squads, but it'll look cool and I like it. The Master Signals will bro out in the back with the heavy support squads to boost their ballistic skill when they really need it to make something die from far away. The heavy support squads can also use the tactical squads and their rhinos to mark targets and get rerolls. The Delegatus would ride in the Spartan with the Terminators and get into a fight where needed. The Terminators and Spartan are the main anti-armor components of the list. No ide- Not ideal, but it kind of fits the fluff of the uh, 13th. The Sakarin lends some heavy support, fire support with it, its ability to shoot, scoot and shoot. And it's just too badass looking just to not squeeze it in. I agree. Uh, the Ooh, an Arqua would be good in this list. I think this list would do well against infantry and light armor, but struggle against medium, heavy armor, and flyers. The main attraction in this list is that I see is a sheer weight of fire 59 powered armor marines could put on the table. It might not be the most effective, but it would be fun to play once or twice. Anyway, I'd appreciate any thoughts you guys have on how to approve the list and make better use of the Ultramarines special rules and the Logos Lectora. Love the show. Wish I had some industrial accident stories to share and stay in your fucking lane, Ryan. George with his Spaceman with Guns podcast. So, Ryan, I'm really interested to see what you did with this list. Like, did you try and take full advantage of the pre-shot ones? Yes, I did. I did take advantage of that. Here's what I did do, though. I got rid of this right of war because it's bad. It's really bad. Okay. It's really, really bad. But with the caveat there, I'm going to go over this list that I changed it to without that right of war. And then I'll tell, but it's, you'll see when I get done at the end. But you could go back to this right of war if he really just, Felt the need to run it. Um, I still fulfilled the restrictions of it other than a couple few things he could swap easily. So what I changed it to, instead of running running uh, Logos Lectora, I just switched it to Chosen Duty, which is the Delegatus uh, specific right of war where you can take veteran squads as troops. Um, so basically what I did is it's his Delegatus is exactly the same as his, his list. So if you want, I'm assuming he has it modeled that way because that's a pretty specific loadout. Uh, Artificer armor, Charnable saber, um, combi Volkite, and you Mastercraft the Charnable saber. Then a uh, Master of the Signal and Artificer armor. So just like what he has. Then the four squads that he had of tactical Marines, I basically just made all those guys vets instead of normal tacticals, which will vastly improve them, and they're roughly the same points. But So the the squads are um, 10 veterans, the sergeant has artificer armor power weapon, two of the guys in the unit have combi weapons, he can make them whatever combi weapon he wants, you know, flamers, melters, whatever, it's all the same points, whatever he feels like. And then on the rhinos, instead of dozer blades on them, I put uh, pinnel-mounted multi-melters on them. And I repeated that four times. 
So I made the rhinos more of a threat and then swapped the vets in for the tactical guys. So they're going to be better in assault and better at shooting. And every squad will have two one shot special weapons. So you can put some melted guns in there or whatever to kill dreadnoughts or, you know, be handy in a pinch. But then once that's fired off, they still go back to their bolter. So you still have all the bolter fire, which is kind of what he was looking for. So basically just improved it. Um, then for the fifth, uh, Troops choice, I took a nine-man tactical support squad uh, with Volcat calibers, just like he wanted. Um, I mounted them in a Rhino with a panel-mounted heavy bolter. I'll get to why a heavy bolter in a second. Um, the uh, mat, or the uh, the Delegatus is designed to... Or, sorry, the uh, Master of the Signal is designed to go in there. Um, then I took the terminator squad for elites that he had um it's a five band terminator squad i put two power fists in it two chain fists in it and the sergeant gave him a power fist and i downgraded the spartan to a land raider phobos because i just thought that was fairly wasteful just to have five terminators and then take a spartan and you could save a ton of points swapping it just for a phobos so it's a phobos with dozer blade armored ceramite saved you then for heavy 130 points or something like that like it's a well, lot of this is two this is 250, yeah, and it was 380, so it was 100 and 130 points. Yeah, for that crazy savings, crazy yeah. savings, slashing prices. So, th- so then for heavy support, I kept a Sakaran in there, but I just dropped some of the war gear off of it. So it's just a standard Sakaran battle tank with dozer blade and sponsor mounted last cannons, just the essentials. It's all you need. And then for the final heavy support slot, or sorry, the second heavy support slot, I took nine heavy support marines with missile launchers. Um, gave him the hardened armor and upgraded him to flak missiles as well. Gave the sergeant an augury scanner and then also bought them a rhino with a havoc launcher. So here's why I like my list better than what he sent in. In his list, the support squad and the two heavy support squads don't have rides. So all these other guys are rhino mounted, but the other guys would just be foot slogging. So I went ahead and bought rhinos for everybody. And then the terminators are in the land raider. So this list is fully mobile you know, with the Karen and support. So if you imagine it in the fluff, they would all be driving around in the rhinos and be a real mobile group of guys. The pinnel weapon, so I put multi-meltas on all the veteran squad rhinos because the range of bolt guns is 24. So I matched it to the melted gun, and it also matches to the combi bolter that comes on it. So you'll be able to shoot the weapons on the rhino at an enemy unit to basically mark it. Um, and then when the tactical guys that get out of it shoot... They get the re-roll their ones. Dig it. Okay, I get it, yeah. And then and then re-rolling with sniper vets will be good because it gives you double the chance to hit that six for the ones that don't wound. Yep. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, so that takes advantage there. Then on the, the tactical support squad, the Volkite Caliber shoot um, 30 inches, I believe. Um, they're two shot heavy, 30, 30 inches. So I put a heavy bolter on that rhino because the heavy bolter shoots 36. So once again, it matches the Just range of the weapon him. of the guy. Yeah. yeah. So you can shoot that. And it makes sense tactically. It's something the ultramarines would do. And then um, for the heavy support guys, I put them in a rhino and gave it a havoc launcher, which shoots 48 with the small blast and it's twin linked. So it makes sure that it hits and it also matches the range of the. Uh, heavy support guys. At least I'm pretty sure the Havoc Launcher's 48. I'm like 90% sure. So basically you're just using the Rhinos like marker lights in the units? Like you're just like tagging with the Rhinos, whatever yeah, unit which is, which, 
which was kind of yeah, kind of his original idea, but he didn't like but he didn't have off. a rhino for every unit. The range was yeah. off and he didn't have a rhino for every unit. So this one has a rhino for every unit to do that with. And then the heavy and then so it's cool because the heavy bolter shoots three times, so the odds of you not hitting one of three shots to get that effect are pretty slim. And then the tw- the um uh, the Havoc, Havoc launcher. Launcher. Yeah, it's twin linked and it's a blast, so the odds of not hitting with that are pretty slim. And then on the 24-inch range with the multi-melt, even though the multi-melt is only a single shot, you have the combi bolter that can also shoot, and it's twin-linked 24-inch range. So you're still getting two dice to roll there. So you should be able to score plenty of hits. And then if you do miss with whatever else, you can also shoot your uh, your Land Raider and your uh, Sakaran at something, the couple things you do miss. And then also in my list, being able to fit the... Uh, Flak missiles in gives him a little bit of anti-air, and the reason I made so I basically because he had a five-man caliber squad and then a five-man culverin squad, I just combined them into one squad because they're cheaper on the back end. And then when you buy upgrades like hardened armor, it's a set price upgrade of twenty-five points regardless of how many guys that are in the unit. So you want to make the most of that. You don't want to buy five-man squads and then giving a set priced upgrade and then not take advantage of the cheaper points on the back end and then move right to another squad. So the reason I basically just eliminated the Culverin squad and then I just went ahead and made the Caliber squad larger and then used all those extra points that I saved to make the uh, Missile Launcher squad larger. So if you actually compare the two lists, I have one more Marine than he does. I was able to squeeze in two more extra Rhinos and then put make the Veteran Tacticals instead of Tacticals, which are far more effective put in eight combi weapons on those guys and then put all the combi weapons on all the rhinos um, to give it more hitting power and get the flak missiles in. I dig it. Badass, dude. And you squeeze the Phobos in there instead of a Spartan, which means that he can take advantage of that new Anvil Industries, or I'm not sorry, not Anvil Industries, the uh, Blood and Skulls Industries uh, conversion kit for the the normal rant land raider so i'm always pushing for more phobos now that that's out have you seen that yeah no oh it's fucking legit but no (laughs) then real quick because i said if he wants to run this as logos lectara if he's absolutely just fucking got a boner for that right of war the only thing that this would have to change to you would obviously change the right of war from um the uh Fuck right or the cho- chosen duty right award to Logos Lectara, and then you would just take three of the veteran tactical squads and drop them just for three normal tactical squads because you're forced to take three uh, compulsory troops, which would be tacticals, and then you would have extra points. And you, with those extra points, you could just take some javelins or something. So the but it would still there. be so it, it would still be the same idea, uh, but I feel like it would be a little bit of a downgrade personally. But if he just is really balls deep in that right of war, you could still do it with pretty much the same models. Love it. Very cool, man. Very cool. And you still gave him the option to go back if he wanted to. Yeah. So I like that list. I'm glad that that was the list we chose because that is very cool. Like, it's a very cool, like, ultramarines, like, hands down one of the, like, most ultramarines way to play a list, so love it. 
really dig it. So, cool. Well, I guess that's it for this show, man. Uh, we got the interview with Bjorn coming up. So before we switch over to some music and then get over to that, is there anything you want to say or anything way you want to close out? That's it, man. I don't have anything. <laughs> anything you want to plug? Um, if you play Dark Age or want to hear about Dark Age, I have another podcast called Echoes of Samaria. Or maybe you just want to listen to me talk more. I don't know why you would want that, but that is a possibility. Sometimes so. I turn on our podcast just to hear your voice. Just to hear, just to hear Ryan talk over, talk, talk in my ear for a little if, bit. Oh, our local uh, flea market Facebook page. If anybody is in the market for a shopping cart that has been converted to a sleigh by just taking the basket off a shopping cart and then stripping the wheels off and replacing it with downhill skis, that does exist, and he wants ten dollars for it. What's, so, what's funny is he didn't exactly call it a sleigh; he just called it a shopping cart on skis. Like he, he, he did yeah. not name it anything. He one of said. a kind, <laughs> one of a kind shopping cart on skis. That is handcrafted. He put one shopping cart on skis. I took a shopping cart, took the wheels off, and put it on skis. Shopping cart on skis, ten dollars. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, it's a listing and a tutorial. I like it. He's like, oh, thank you. I don't know what this is for, but all right, cool. <laughs> so yeah. There you go. That's out there now. Hopefully it gets sold. Hopefully it gets sold because of this podcast. If you buy it, <laughs> let us know. But we'll go ahead and jump over to this Bjorn interview, guys, and we'll catch you here in a second.
All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back. I've got powerful Bjorn here on the line, and uh, Bjorn took time away from his busy day to give us a little breakdown of the Clash of the Tetons event. So, so Bjorn, first off, how are you doing? Doing good, man. Uh, it's been a pleasure of a day, nice and sunny here in Salt Lake City, so that's been good. Yeah, oh yeah. Got that, uh, got that heat going on over there. Wait, now that I'm actually thinking about it, like, are y'all going to get some, uh, some eclipse action pretty soon? Yeah, are we are. The, yeah, you're in, like, you're in the dead zone for eclipse, right? Like, the, mm. the lizardman zone, like the Bigfoot area, <laughs> right? I, other people are going to be looking up at the, at the sun. I'm going to be looking around for cryptids, man. Like, that's going to be a thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, we're supposed to get, uh, 90% coverage, I think. Oh, that's fucking badass. We're getting, like, uh, I don't know. 25 percent like something stupid like we like it was like oh, did, <laughs> oh no did a plane fly over what happened oh well fuck it like there's not gonna be any fucking lizard people coming out of the sewers for us <laughs> y'all are gonna get all the cool like that's great i don't know so anyway so yeah we got bjorn on he's actually gonna go ahead and give us a clash of the tetons breakdown we actually had a pretty sweet ass conversation before we started recording about the space marine dlc dreadnought pack like who the fuck knew about that? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> so anyway, dropping cla- the highlight of 2012, but yeah, dude, for real. For okay. Real, like, just go YouTube that people. Like if you didn't know, like if you played space Marine, the Xbox 360 game, there was a dreadnought DLC where you could play as a fucking dreadnought. Yeah. Let that sink in. Like there's people furiously Googling and like YouTubing right now. <laughs> in traffic. Oh my gosh. <laughs> be be safe out there. Be safe, people. Anyway, all right. So, Clash of Tetons, so, yeah, so, man. Who ran Clash it? Where Tetons. was it? How was it? All right. So, oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, the uh, so it was in, held at Griffin Games in Cheyenne, Wyoming, um, and that's just that's way up north in the hills. It was like really, it was pretty chilly up there, about a uh, sixty or seventy. So it was it was pretty nice. Um, but yeah, so it was it was ran by a guy named CJ and a guy named Will. They're the kind of the co-owners slash investors of Griffin Games, and they've held Clash. This is the third one. They do them uh, biannually, so they had another one. The first one last summer at this time that I went to, and then um, the winter one that I didn't go to because it's cold as balls and you will get snowed in there. <laughs> and so then this one, um, we had a kind of a smaller gathering because they uh, didn't have as much space because these guys had just bought a store. And uh, so they hooked us up with this uh, super sweet, dingy basement. Um, so it's got uh, some pretty neat floodlights and uh, unfinished ceiling in there. So that was pretty great. Um, but they put up the effort that they that they didn't have for the uh, basement that they definitely had invested into the table. So they had a lot of really sweet things. And so the tables were set up. Um, they had uh, eight tables down there. Um, and they were all set by specific events out of the Horus Heresy novel series. And so you had, let's see here, you had Talarn, which had, and these are all themes, so you had like wrecked tanks and stuff on that one. You had Mars, which was all red rocks and like scaffolding and stuff like that. You had Murder, which was, they literally took like your average, like American housewife houseplant, like that's plastic and like has fronds that are like the size of your hand hanging out. And they put like four of these houseplants on a table <laughs> I'll get into that because my game three, I played on one of those tables. I would, not, I would not expect anything less from murder, though. Like I would not like. 
I can't. I no. can't see my army. Good, you're not supposed to. That's, that's the point. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, for real. It's like full on uh, the Catachan de- like Death Planet there. But uh, let's see here. Then what else do they have? They had Isvan three, Isvan five, um, and so the one that got royally fucked by the uh, by the bump planet bombardment was all like blackened and ruined, and then Isvan three was all like they tried their best, I think, to get to like the 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 coral city or whatever they called it there. Yeah. Yeah. Coral city. And, uh, yeah. And so then we had those and then they had, um, the underground battle for Calth. Um, and so we rock up and then my buddy Connor Makis, um, who I'd met, uh, last year, he's the guy who, uh, kind of calls in as a listener of the show and stuff like that. Um, he was rocking up with some word bearers. And so I straight up challenged his ass and said, you and me, we're going to fight. And the guys are like, okay, yeah, sure, do it. And so they threw us under the Calth table, which is pretty dope. Which um, is perfect. But, uh, <laughs> like, yes. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Um, but so let me uh, just run through all who all the guys were in the armors that they were running there uh, before I uh, jump into kind of my bat reps and the rundown of the event. Um, but So we had uh, Jake playing the uh, the Shop Emperor's Children Army because uh, fully painted is for closers and his army wasn't done yet. So uh, the Shop Army is... Really, really pretty. If you look at uh, kind of the picks from either this from either this event or from the LVO Heresy event in February, the uh, Purple Emperor's Children um, army is the really, really well done. It's CJ's army. It's beautiful. Um, but yeah, so he ran those guys. Uh, then we had Ace running Dark Angels, and so he was doing armored breakthrough. Um, Jake was doing a just Jake was Jake running the Emperor's Children was just doing a reg, kind of a regular list. They had a uh, they had a shadow sword or a falchion, something with a the, one of the D guns on there. Um, then you had me running my ultramarines, the vigil of Paradis, right of war. Um, the I'll do a breakdown of that later. Then you had uh, Tom, who's another cool dude that I played at the LVO uh, in February. He was running his uh, Gilliman with ultramarines, suzerains, and a bunch of uh, basically the elite forces there. Uh, I think it was like first company. He had a Typhon, some suzerains. Uh, he actually ran the uh, the jump pack dudes too, which are <laughs> if you're not ready for them, like they're really brutal. Like you, you, a bunch of jump pack guys dropping in with power swords and like dual shotting plasma pistols is pretty gnarly if you're not ready for it. Yeah, exactly. Um, then we get a <laughs> surprise. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> surprise. <laughs> the power of the sun in the palm of your hand. Um, see and then we had scott running word bearers he was my game three we had connor running word bearers he was my game one then we had uh don running imperial um iron hands um and his army is pretty crazy it's uh his was intended to be built to be a, a lot more competitive not like in a bad way mind you but just like that one hits like a truck um he has something like 30 different he has 30 volkite culverins or no he has 20 volkite culverin dudes so he had uh three heavy support squads 10 men two with volkite culverins one with missile launchers and uh he did his tactic is rhino wall where he gives them all dedicated transports and they park in a wall in front of these guys they drive away the guys shoot and then they flat out back into position and so yeah you, you get this thing where these guys you can't quite get to are just like really really annoying um and he gives them all hardened armor so if you start dropping like quad mortar shells on them, they got re-rollable three plus saves against that nonsense. So he's gonna volkite your day up. All yeah, day. just yeah. And so light his you thing up like a Christmas tree. Yeah, yeah. He pumped. I think 
Because you put, what, 40 shots out of each of those squads? Because if the Volkite Culverins are heavy, like Salvo 2-4 or something like that, or heavy 4, but he put, like, 40 shots into a Galvor Backstar and just, like, made that go away. Like, 10 Galvor Back are dead. Like, <laughs> straight up, ray guns, they die. Um, Badass. Because, like, <laughs> so, Galvor Back are so fucking hard to get rid of. Like, so you just unload with the Volkite, and it's like, oh, we'll see how this works out. <laughs> yeah. Ray guns. Um, and then we had Jesse running World Eaters. He was my game two. So I was literally playing the Shadow Wars Crusade, which was really fun. Um, but he was running uh, dual Land Raider Phobos with uh, a Cestus Assault Ram. And wow. so he had Angron, Butchers, um, and a bunch of vets just kind of palling around. Uh, he had Galen Surlak. Just like in a little like baby Bjorn riding on Angron's back the whole time, like that's that was how a- I do. It. Yeah. <laughs> just pumping him, pumping him with fucking meds. Like yeah. yeah, it's like you shoot him with little stuff. Oh, Galen's got a two plus. You shoot him with big stuff. Oh, here's Angron with a reroll before. You're like, wait, <laughs> all right. Um, see, then we had Will running Death Guard. Um, I didn't really see the Death Guard armies very well, and then Curtis running the Death Guard. Uh, Curtis is a badass dude. Um, He's a listener of the show, and the, the dude, he's still a dude. He's just about to move to England, so he's going to go straight to Nottingham and go be part of that her- heresy community out there, so good on him for that. But uh, he was running a Death Guard, and he got, I think, best painted vehicle for his Lightning that he had just finished up like the day before the event, so good on him for that, being a closer there with the painting. Um, we had a uh, dude, I think his name was like... Alan or Jeff, it was like kind of a generic white guy name, and I didn't really get to talk to him, but he was running... Uh, Kyle. Looked like Kyle, just, you know, Dave, Bob, whatever. But uh, he was running... Uh, let's see here. He's running Imperial Fists, and he was just like... He had a, you know, having tried to paint an Eandon army in the past, I'm like, yellow is a pain in the ass, and he did a, a really good job. They looked nice. And so that was really cool. And then uh, the the last guy that we had is we had a guy, uh, his name's Ed, and he runs Luna Wolves. So Loyalist uh, sends a Horus uh, spearheaded by Garviel Loken. So uh, props to the dude for uh, <laughs> playing a fluffy army, and uh, he routinely kind of gets his ass handed to him. Uh, we He got the uh, Ferris Manus Award for being the guy who did the worst. Um and the Ferris Manus Award in this time. Ferris Manus Award. That's so <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> I know. The, the best part is, is the prize. The prize for the Ferris Manus Award was a, uh, they gave, we gave him an Aegis defense line to keep all of the mean men away from him so he can hide behind a wall. <laughs> <laughs> that would be like so. a Ferris Manus bust, like post Isman. <laughs> the, uh, the first one was actually a, a little trophy with a Ferris Manus head painted on it. Oh, like God. an actual, like, mini because somebody had converted Ferris Manus and just like dropped the head off to be painted and just like put on a little statue I think <laughs> perfect yeah but yeah so um so I'll kind of drop into my games here so a uh, game one playing against Connor he was running just kind of a lot of uh foot word bearers he had a big old star of uh I'll use star kind of in the colloquial sense here. Like I, I don't really, it's a, a relic of the, of the old Bjorn who used to play competitive 40 K that, that kid is dead now, but, uh, but, uh, yeah. So the, uh, so he was running Galverback, a bunch of them. He had 10 of them, uh, dark martyr with a fist as you do a couple of power axes in there, that thing. And then he had, um, a librarian 
and a chaplain all <laughs> loaded for bear with like psychic powers and stuff like that. And so it's like you had that, and then he had a quad mortar team. He had um, a five man missile team. He had um, ten uh, Melta vets in a rhino with machine killer. He had, um, and then I think he had uh, five Tartarus Terminators, and then I think two ten-man foots of just regular tack bros just kind of hanging out. And uh, so it's like I went first in all of my games. Um, so I seized, like, I either seized the initiative or, or went first. I think I just went first. Every single one of them won that sweet first turn roll off. I was like, we're going first. It's the Ultramarine's Army of Vengeance. Let's go. Every and. Time. Uh, <laughs> Every time. And so we we rock up, and it's like, turn one, everything pushes up. Turn two, uh, he scratches my Land Raider. Um, and then, so my hero unit of this weekend, because I was running the, the list that uh, Ryan helped me design, the Vigil of Paradii list, which is like two 10-man tacticals in the Rhinos with the Meltas, Praetor loaded for Bear, you have a Vigilator loaded for Bear, you have Cordus Contemptor coming in in a pod, Suicerin's in a, in a Land Raider, uh, just... Them bare bones, just five of them, dude. Like those, those guys are so fun to use, because like they they hit like a hammer. But if you apply any AP two to that nonsense, they just go away. So it's like trying to play them is kind of fun. Oh yeah, got to pick your targets. But uh, see they, can, they can fight the I, best of them, man. Like they can go against the best of them. Uh, uh they can't go against Galver back very well. That's uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> one of their shining weaknesses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they uh, as it they, should be. The, as it should, as be. it should be. Uh, what demon man? Ah, well, we're not good against that. Turns out, um, <laughs> we were meant to fight just the, the normal like traitor bros and just like power armor. We weren't meant to fight demon men. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so we they they rocked up, and uh, the then the last thing I had was I had a force commander from um, the auxilia detachment with. Power Fist, Digital Lasers, Iron Halo, Cyber Familiar, both provenances, and that rocks in at a solid 245 points for a Toughness 3 guy with a Power Fist. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, with a 3-plus invul save. So that's pretty fun. Um, that that person was a champ. It's, uh, I was running, so my army actually looks kind of unique because I was running all Toughest Girls of the Galaxy models. So that's the kickstarter shout out to those guys for making some badass sculpts but uh Fuck yeah they did a an imperial guard kickstarter that was like death Corps of krieg uh katachans and Cadians, and they came out with some just some sweet ass sculpts and then so the things that i was running is i had one of their their metal heroines um i had enough girls to man my two medusas that i used as heavy um as my heavy support slot for the elite for the allied detachment and then my favorite unit of this of the weekend was the Bulgren, or the Auxilia Ogren. There we go. Yeah. Um, I gave them uh, four plus carapace armor. Two of the the four had boarding shields, and the other two had power axes. And so with the Genhanced and Warrior Elite upgrades that are required, they get plus one strength and plus one leadership. Like, the leadership's irrelevant because they're, like, stubborn with leadership nine from characters yeah. that are usually getting attached to them. But uh, strength seven power axes is nothing to sneeze at. And so they rock in with Hammer of Wrath at strength six. Like, they're just, like, stepping through Marines, basically, uh, which is uh, pretty funny. It's like you just, like, 
bunch of bulked up superhumans just being like, yeah, we're bigger than everybody else. And we're going to just like step into a tax squad and run over four dudes, just like sheer mass, just like crushing its way through armor, which is like <laughs> really fun. Just like thematic element there. But, uh, they, and then, so the, the thing that the vigil of Perdi Red award gives is infiltrate and implacable advance for all of the infantry on the table that are auxilia. And so everything in my army was scoring except for the vehicles. <laughs> so that's uh, 12 Grenadiers, 16 uh, infantry crowded around a couple of Medusa guns, 20 TAC Marines, 5 Suzerains, 4 Bulgrins, and a Commander. Every single one of those things has implacable advance on it. So I am ready to go for objectives. Um, but the best thing with the Bulgrins is that with Infiltrate, stick a Vigilator on there and they scout up. And they, you have... What? That's 12 toughness 5, 4 plus save wounds that you have to chew through. And any single one of those guys can basically just like solo attack squad just because of the amount of attacks they're putting out. Right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I had them infiltrate on the right flank against Connor, and he had a couple of rapier quad mortar batteries just like pump shatter shells in there. And he managed to kill an Ogren, and that was it. <laughs> so, because he did yeah, six they're, wounds, they're fucking I rolled, tough too. Yeah, yeah, I rolled like one six on the boarding shield save, and so it's like you have three ogren and a couple of pissed off characters coming at you. So they uh, wiped out that artillery team, like didn't even make them fall back, just straight up killed them all. <laughs> and then uh, the uh, the Galvar back just ate them. So that was pretty funny. Um, but that is one of the the best moments of the day because it's like the right flank was the galver back and the, and the ogrens and then the left flank i just punched my five suzerains and a praetor into the the soft juicy center of uh connor's infantry line and that was the two 10-man tacticals the 10-man stern guard and the tartarus terminators and between those five guys and the praetor they killed everything on that side and uh, so they they were out looking for names that day but uh, so that was pretty cool um and so the game ended there uh connor actually got me like they were doing the old school um battle point system uh from early sixth ed which is uh 15 points for primary 10 points for secondary wow, okay uh, three points for tertiary and then a couple of like other small things that might give you points um but so he ended up getting me 15 to 11 um, so I did, you know what, it was a really, really close game. I think if I'd had like one roll go in my favor for the Bulgrins, I think I would have actually done enough damage to the Galvor back to actually like put Take them down, but, yeah. but didn't, didn't quite get there. And, uh, so he was just running around casting demon magic the whole time, which was funny. <laughs> uh, cause it's like straight up word bearers as fuck. You're just like, yeah, we got word bearers. And then it's like, and demons. And the ultimates are like, wait, you have what? For real. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's so it's so like, and, and I feel like sometimes word bearers aren't uh, costed appropriately for the fact that they can fucking summon demons. Like it's like, can you just yeah. maybe bump the price up to that librarian a little bit because he has a chance to fucking bring in new units? Like it's, oh. <laughs> yeah. So he summoned like one squad of pink horrors that uh, he tried to deep strike danger close and uh, ended up scattering. And so I was like, all right, well, it, it was like. 
they ended up scattering onto one of my units. And so I was like, you guys get to go be in the corner so I don't have to deal with you. Like, you summon them in, but they just, like, walk on from elsewhere. They're like, we were busy. Like, yeah. they got they had a Mac attack earlier, you know, and they're just like, we're going to show up now. Now it's fine. That's the best. Um, That's the fucking best. <laughs> I ended up... Yeah, it's great. But uh, the funniest part with them is I ended up killing, like, four or five of them because the, the Kalth table was underground, so no barrage weaponry could be used because, oh, cool. like, we're in the tunnels. Yeah. And uh, all blasts gain that zone mortalis rule where they have shred. Oh, yeah. I know that one. And so my Praetor pulls a pin on a frag grenade and, like, rolls this under their legs and, like, blows up, like, five demons. Yeah. <laughs> 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 You don't expect a little strength three AP nil grenade to do something, but sometimes, you know, it kills five demons and it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so that was that was my game one playing on the cow table. That was super dope. Um, and then they dropped me over to the Martian table, which uh, had a bunch of like archaeotech rules and kind of stuff like that. It was uh, word bearers versus fighty ultramarines, and uh, we basically just ignored that and uh, <laughs> just tried to punch each other. And so played against that one, and then uh, that was, oh gosh. So this is the other funny thing about my Medusa batteries is that they failed to hit anything unless it was a Land Raider or a Spartan or bigger. <laughs> so over the course of the game, they killed one, like the course of the event, they killed one Galvor back, one Spartan, one Cestus Assault Ram, one Land Raider, and... I want to say maybe like one tactical. No, um, that was the from, and they killed four uh, space Marines with missile launchers because Connor lined up in my game one. I put two Medusa rounds into that squad. They both scattered like eight inches back and just blew the piss out of an, of a missile launcher team that was just like standing on a box. Crazy. <laughs> so, so they just like fired too far and just like took out a bunch of dudes who were just like kind of chilling up on top of a box being like this place is cool they're like, like what's that <laughs> so, just uh, put giant holes in space marines everywhere Dude, but that was pretty I'm, funny I'm more surprised like I'm more happy with like surely you had to put like a kill marker on your medusas for taking out a cestus like that, that would be the first thing I would have been so happy with that Oh yeah, no, it's it's the because uh, what happened was is he he popped it down into hover behind a building, right? And just to get a kind of a cover save, spat his dudes out, and then it's like I had my Arvis lighter that had my grenadiers in it. <laughs> spend yes. four turns, like that dude was a hero right up until game three, and he. No, I'll get into that in a second, but uh, he put he spent four turns shooting a las cannon at the Cestus, and I think he shook it once, and I think that was the most of the damage he did. Um. And then the uh, the girls with the Medusa batteries just like turn around and just like put giant holes in the plane and blow it up. So that was pretty cool. Um, that Arvis likes to think he did all the work. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he was like, I, I put the holes in the armor, man. Like I did this. We're good to go. Let me go ahead. Go. go ahead and put this kill marker <laughs> up on my little Arvis here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. Um, but he is a. That guy's a hero, though. Like that—that's the the pilot that we don't deserve. Uh, one of the games that I played here <laughs> against a Solar Ox guy, he with between Jinx and just like that armor, that sweet armor eleven. Um, somebody's uh, lightning came on, pumped four Krakens and a Las Cannon into him, and he just like either didn't take a wound or just like made all of his uh, Jinx, and so he's just like the world's most badass shuttle pilot. Like he's like I fly my taxi into a war zone and I walk out alive. Like he's good to go. 
Yeah, that's like totally one of the like eighth edition is that's probably one of the only things I would want to do in eighth edition is just like run my Arvis into units because it would get some sort of attack <laughs> and just like ah, yeah. boom, just die bombing units. With <laughs> the uh, because it's because you have uh, like because I play a touch of eighth edition, um, he. I, I think it gets like D3 or D6 attacks that hit on a six plus or something like that. Yes. And so you can definitely like run in and ram people, which is, it's really funny on when you get into the skimmers because, uh, you can have like a little, um, like one of those little Eldar, just like venoms, just like buzzing around and like assaulting flyers and like knocking them out of the sky all day. Just Cause it's like, <laughs> just all run day. up and shoulder check stuff <laughs> all, day. Cool. all day, all day, all day. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so yeah, so then uh, game two, the the world eaters. Um, I got we we got into a scrum in the middle just because it was a it was the relic mission and uh, Bulgrins charge up and this was their best moment was all of them and then my two attached characters pile into a squad of red butchers and over the course of four player turns just proceed to beat the shit out of those red butchers. Like, <laughs> it was the, the, the retard fight of, of Destiny, is you have Gene Bulk, Madman in armor versus Gene Bulk, Madman, not in armor, but just with, like, bigger. <laughs> <Yeah>. And uh, <laughs> it, it ended with the, uh, the Force Commander and the Devourer with the Chain Fist just, like, committing suicide on each other's weapons, because uh, she power fists up and kills him, and he, de- like, chain fists down and cuts her in half. And then the Bulgrins and the Vigilator finish off the, the Red Butchers. And it was just like a slow, slow grind. It's like, all right, take your 2+, plus, take your 4+, plus, take your 2+, plus, take your 4+, plus, okay, take your 6+, plus, feel no pain. Okay, Good there's Lord. a wound. <laughs> <laughs> got one through. And got one through. And they're like, all right, I hit you. All right, I don't wound you. All right, I wound you. I was like, all right, I take a wound. Two wounds left on this Bulgrin. They're like, okay. Because <laughs> it's like they're, they're scary on the charge. But if you can get like boarding shields on stuff, it shuts down world leaders pretty hard because they lose rage. Um, their hatred still applies, but losing rage, they lose like two attacks on the charge. So they're just like, we're just the cataphracty now. You're like, yeah. okay, you know, I can handle you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so yeah, so that was cool. It's like it turns out, uh, four Bulgrins and characters will beat um, butchers just straight up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, they uh, then got assaulted by Angron and ceased to be. So <laughs> that was, uh, yeah. Angron went up to max attacks. Um, if he, if they had allowed him to go higher, he would have had like three or four more. Uh, basically, I killed all of his bros, and yeah, he soloed my army. So oh, Angron wow. does what Angron <laughs> does. Um, yeah. So he, because Angron ate uh, my land raider, my Bulgrins, um, the grenadiers that came out of my Arvis. Uh, he ate my uh, two tactical squads, um, one of my rhinos. Yeah, he was he was busy. He, he had a he had a lot to do. It was like <laughs> I, I ended up doing the ultramarines thing and wandering away with the relic. Like um, I had one guy holding the relic, just like sprinting off into the darkness with this thing. And uh, go, go, <laughs> he go, was go, the go go get out of here get out of here before you just go go go. <laughs> And uh, the because the guy I was playing against, he's like, bro, he's like, do I play for the mission? I was like, no. He's like, eh, fair point. And so he just like charged Angron into the middle and just like wiped everything out. He ended up getting me because uh, primary was kill points and secondary was the or primary was the relic, secondary was kill points. And so he had slay the warlord and first 
first blood uh, which is still one of my probably my least favorite things i was glad that that, that didn't really doesn't show up too much in the heresy stuff but uh so he ended up beating me 17 to 16 so that was a damn good game great fight too it was just it was just an absolute pleasure playing against the guy and uh so that was that was jesse and his world leaders and game three I rock up onto the murder table and I play against uh, Scott and his word bearers. And so his thing was he had, let's see here, HQ was he had Erebus, the, the just the royal douchebag, who I never got a chance to actually get into a fight with. He was always just hiding behind his demon men, as he does. But uh, <laughs> so Erebus, uh, let's see here, two 15 man tactical squads just hoofing it. He had. Uh, I think seven Galvor back in a Spartan. He had a Leviathan Dreadnought with the Grav Bombard just on foot. And then he had, let's see here, he had, I don't have anything else. I think that was it. No, he had, um, he had a Mortis Contemptor Dreadnought with the Carries Assault Cannons. Um, okay. So that guy will come into play later. He didn't really do anything. Um, and then on the, the other thing that was his champion was a, he had a Sakaran um, with the just like loaded for bear with the las cannons and the auto cannon on top and stuff like that. But uh, so we played on the murder table, and so it was kind of set up with three plants in the middle. And so I'm talking this is again the house plants that it's like he and I in order to move our dudes around them we're like constantly like lifting up fronds with our hands so we could push our dudes around that's badass so did y'all forget yeah, anything? Was, did y'all lose any any models in there like oh fuck uh, I had this unit yeah, over here the whole time yeah yes I, I lost a tax squad under there so <laughs> that's what I'm talking about so was, like <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so that was it was really fun like it because they did such a good job with like how the how to how they played in the placement, it definitely felt like you were on like you're fighting over vegetation, and so it's like all of the vegetation was dangerous terrain, and so we're like okay, so obviously like if you go in and around the fronds, like that's just difficult. If you try to go like through, obviously the plants are going to eat you, so don't go through there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we we had three plants and. The goal of the game was to control the plants by having a scoring unit within three inches of these of these plants. And so you have this just like at the beginning of the game, this bum rush to get all of your scoring units like into the plants. And so you're you're playing like kid army men style, like you're digging in your mom's like whatever plants she's got out front, you know, you get your army men all crowd around in there just like ah oh, bang 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 that is exactly what that felt like you're just like yeah we got like dudes fighting through jungle like it was it was cool like i really appreciated the effort that those guys went to to setting up like narrative tables and stuff like that um and then the uh so we, we push forward so like i get turn one and so i do two things immediately is my uh, Land Raider Phobos moves up, just shoots a YOLO LAS cannon into the Leviathan, and uh, explodes it. So that died. And uh, my artillery team, which I infiltrated, I infiltrated them into the side of the Spartan, and they shoot just like a single round from the Spartan gun, or from the Medusa gun, the, shooting the breacher shells, which are the small blast armor bane AP-1. They blow up that Spartan. And so... Turn one, I was like, that's all I got. And so I just, like, turn one, I take out, like, 900 points of his army just right away. And he's like, wow. And 
And I'm like, yeah, that just happened. And uh, he's like, okay, well, this game's yours. I was like, maybe. And uh, turn two. So then he does his thing, kind of shuffles around, tries to move up. My turn two happens. And from the left to right of the table, every single one of my units does nothing. Fuck. And so you have, <laughs> that's like all the blasts from the girls on the Medusa team scatter. My Phobos fails to hit anything, do anything. It's like my Arvis Lighter comes in, doesn't do anything. My tax squads roll up with their Multimilters, don't do anything. The Bulgrins fail their charge on the right side um, and proceed to lose two Bulgrins to Overwatch. Um, so that was fun. <laughs> and then, uh, so they just stand still in the middle of this plant, just hanging out. And so I was like, all right, well, that's my turn too. He's like, all right, cool. And he uh, proceeds to charge and shoot a handful of things. And from that point forward to the end of the game, I did not make a single leadership test. I had my students come out and murder a tactical squad. Um, then a couple of them got hit by Galverback, and they failed their leadership and fled. I had a tactical squad fail its leadership and flee. I had my Bulgrins charge a five-man unit of tactical Marines, uh, not kill it, lose a Bulgrin, fail their leadership, and get swept. So there went the Bulgrins, the Vigilator, and the Force Commander. They all got swept. Then the Praetor drives up in his Phobos to try to get over to uh, his Contemptor because the, the point of this, the tertiary mission was to kill the lowest point unit on your um, opponent's side. And so his was the Contemptor. So at like 150 points or whatever, that was his cheapest unit on the board. So <laughs> I crawled over there, tried to get there, and the Galvorback, the uh, Sakaran, and the Contemptor account for my Phobos, and my Praetor falls out and gets pinned. And so then the Demon Man just like charge over the top of this thing and rip him apart in melee, so he died. Um, and then my, when my Arvis Lighter comes on, it's there for uh, about two seconds seconds before the Sakaran rolls up, looks at it, puts four hull points on it, so it kills it. It crashes jerk. and burns. <laughs> what a jerk. I know. Poor little Arvis. He didn't do nothing. <laughs> yeah, that pilot, he's just like, wait, there's a what? It's like, boom. And so his <laughs> engines die. He crashes, and all 12 girls inside of that thing, he doesn't roll a single one. They're all dead. Yep. Right. <laughs> and yeah. So I, I, I shot one Laz Cannon out of that thing, and he missed. And I was like, <laughs> that Arvis lighter pilot coming in handy. Um, Poor little Arvis. Didn't even stand a I chance. I know. <laughs> Didn't even stand a chance. But uh, so, yeah, so he ended up uh, getting me. I think that was like, I just, it was, the, the later turns of that were just brutal. Like, I had a tax squad, full tax squad, charge his five dudes that the Bulgrins had ran away from. And he had gotten the Strength 5 upgrade from the Dark Channeling. And, uh, so I punch in there with my, like, 22 attacks with a power fist. Uh, I kill one. He kills three. My guys run and get swept. So it's a, it's a bad day for the Ultramarines. They did not like fighting in the plants. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that was that was all three of our games. Uh, so they ended up uh, – this event was a combined um, – just a GW kind of fan day. So they had, like, Sigmar, 30K, and 40K. And so uh, game, day two, which was Saturday, was a 30K day. And uh, I think they're going to try to def do uh, kind of the, the trend these days, and they're going to go uh, try to go narrative with it uh, next year. I think someone's going to try to run a, a Eye of Horus uh, Geigenhive style event there up in Wyoming. So 
I'm definitely going to try to make it down for that. Uh, winter or not, I'm going to brave the hell to try to get get my narrative heresy on. But uh, so we ended up uh, with uh, my buddy Don with his um, Iron Hands uh, Volkite Wall. Uh, he ended up taking just like best general on just overall, just because he just unloaded on people. Um, and then uh, the uh, our, our buddy Ed got the uh, Ferris Manus Award for. Uh, getting beat down the most and the award for that was a an aegis defense line so that you had a, a wall to hide behind from all of those mean men giving him a hard time <laughs> so messed up <laughs> so that's that's great um and then so i was actually like i was really really just like pleased but they uh they actually uh, voted me the coolest dude for the event so uh that was pretty dope they're like yeah you're the best guy we fought against so i was like awesome so that was uh yeah so that was it um yeah, just kind of hung out in the basement of a game store there in good old Cheyenne, Wyoming, in the middle of the summer, and played some Heresy. Sounds like you had a fucking badass time, dude. Oh, I I did. I so did. So, I guess uh, did they did they say you said that they have like a summer one and then they have a winter one? Do you know when their winter one's yeah. going to be? Um, I think it's going to be in January. It was like it was. I think it was like January 18th last year, something like that. Um, they try to run them, I think, six months apart. So um, that'll take us to either mid-January or mid-February. I think they don't. I don't. I think they. I think they went with January because they didn't want to like step on the LDO's toes or anything like that. So um, fair enough. Try to keep your keep your events a couple of weeks apart. But uh, yeah, so I think they're gonna run that one. And yeah, there's definitely a lot of heresy to be had even out here in the the Midwest. So. Man, that's perfect. Yeah, was, I think uh, I think I have some work Wyoming related trips coming up, so I have to see what I think it's gonna be in, like Casper. So I have to see like how far Casper is from all that shit, and maybe I can get to go some heresy in with those guys. Yeah, so. yeah. Why? Uh, yeah, Wyoming. Wyoming is very flat, so you'll have quite an uninteresting drive to get you around, but you can definitely do it. <laughs> I'll be able to see them. I'll be able to find them. Too. <laughs> oh, yes, they're playing heresy over there. Too bad it's six-hour drive. <laughs> yeah, so that's. Uh, I think it's a. Looks like a two and a half drive from Casper to Laramie. So. Oh yeah, I could definitely do that. But anyway, hey man, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you giving us that breakdown of the event. It sounded like a badass event. It sounded like everybody came with a uh, army that was fully painted because fully painted is for closers. I have horse. Oh yeah. Uh, but uh, I do appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. And, guys, if any of you guys want to give us a breakdown of your event, feel free to hit me up, and uh, we'll get you on just like we got Bjorn on. But, uh, Bjorn, uh, I hope you have a good one, and uh, we'll go ahead and close out to some music. All right. Thanks, man. You too. <laughs>